This episode is sponsored by Grizz Targets and Archery, hands down the best targets made right here in Alberta. I'm very thankful to have partnered with these amazing guys putting out high quality products. Their targets range in all sizes. The Backpacker is their most portable target, great for checking your sights while you're in the backcountry to make sure your arrow is still flying true. This thinner 12 inch by 12 inch target can double as a seat or a flat surface when cooking. Multipurpose like that is essential when packing light. When you want to have some fun testing your skills at long distances, the Kodiak makes for the perfect target. It boasts a massive 48 inch by 48 inch surface to assure you that you won't be digging in the grass for your arrows. It's also great for when your buddies and you want to shoot together without having to take turns. Grizz makes quality targets affordable with options for interchangeable cells that keep you from needing to buy an entirely new target when the bullseye gets worn. They also have options for frames and stands and targets for field points and broadheads. You want a target that's as tough as you? Get Grizzly Tough with Grizz Targets and Archery. Be sure to check them out at grizztargetsarchery.ca. This episode is sponsored by CND Archery. CND is Alberta owned and operated, offering two pro shops in Rosalind and Maleg. Owners Corey and Doug have more than 25 years of combined knowledge and experience to get you set up properly and to maintain your gear for years to come. CND Archery is Canada's only distributor of expedition bows. They carry tons of great gear that you won't find anywhere else. Corey and Doug support local by carrying many Alberta-made products from arrows to accessories. Get in touch with the guys on Facebook or Instagram today at CND Archery to set up your visit. This episode of Alberta Wildlife Stories is sponsored by Slayer Calls. Bill Ayer, CEO and founder of Slayer, puts in immense workmanship and quality control into every one of his calls. Not one of his products makes it into your hands without first meeting his high standards. Slayer currently makes calls for waterfowl, elk, and turkey. Their double reed duck calls boast superior craftsmanship and award-winning performance with wildly loud sound. They have a full range of elk reeds, custom bugle tubes, and in my opinion, the best push-button elk call on the market, known as the Enchantress. This push-button call allows you to get a variety of noises, from great cow sounds to estrus buzzes and big location bugles when paired with the swagger tube. Slayer makes many other products, from goose calls and turkey reeds to lanyards, bags, and gear. They even have online courses to get you calling like a pro. Check out everything they have to offer at slayercalls.com and call the wild. This episode of Alberta Wildlife Stories is sponsored by Precision Edge Taxidermy. Owner and operator Hunter Friesen from Stetler, Alberta puts outstanding craftsmanship into every mount to turn your most memorable stories into conversation pieces for your home. Precision Edge does everything from Euro mounts to anything big game, along with waterfowl, small game, and everything in between. Next time you connect with a trophy, connect with Hunter at Precision Edge Taxidermy. Find his stunning array of work on display on Instagram and Facebook at Precision Edge Taxidermy and contact him today. Welcome to another episode of Alberta Wildlife Stories. My guest today comes all the way from New York City to talk about his life-changing story that led him to hunting in Alberta. If you haven't heard of Nick Cody, then you're about to learn about a man who worked his ass off for every inch of success. 
from being in a NASCAR pit crew to shedding it all to bow hunt bears in Alberta. His drive and motivation makes him beyond average. Nick, man, I'm stoked for this chat. How are you doing tonight? Good, brother. How are you doing? I'm psyched um, to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, I've been looking forward to this for a while. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be awesome. But uh, thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast and everything. And uh, yeah, I really yeah, appreciate no, thank, it. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. I'm honored that someone wants to like hear like my story. I lived it, so it's not like... It's not super exciting or cool to me, but it's it's cool that someone wants to hear that story. That's that's wild to me, you know. And honestly, dude, I think like for myself to be able to take your story and share it with other people like around the world in Alberta, all over wherever the podcast gets played, like gets played in apparently a bunch of countries. I don't know. I'm looking at some of the analytics, and it's kind of weird, but uh, yeah, it's just awesome to put your story out, man, because it's honestly, yeah. No, I appreciate that, man. That's wild. How far, how far has it gone so far? Because I've been listening to like a couple of the episodes. Like once you like hit me up and wanted to talk, I've been listening to a bunch of them. And how far does it go so far? It, dude, it's so weird. So like Spotify has its own analytics, like Apple podcast has its own analytics. And uh, ever since putting it on Apple too, like it really started to kind of boost things from, for both ends and like the Instagram and stuff too. Um so that was kind of interesting um but yeah so like when i go through it it's like countries all over the world and like obviously smaller percentages but there's like people listening in japan and italy and denmark and south america and it's i think when i looked at it last there was like nine countries that have been listening to it with like a higher than like two or three percentage or something so it's like that's wild so it's still it's still small percentage around the world, but I'm like, who the heck is in like Italy? Like, what's where's Alberta? You know? <laughs> like, yeah, like how it. does that? Like, do they even have? Like, this might be a dumb question, but like, do they even have big game like that in well, Italy? I don't know. I'm I'm terrible for knowing Italy, but I mean, and <laughs> I shouldn't even say that because my wife's like nearly a hundred percent Italian. So, but <laughs> I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm half, so I probably should know some of that. That's hilarious, dude. But yeah, like I know there's like obviously tons of European hunting and fishing. I'm just not sure like where the hotspots are other than, you know, a few of them. But it's funny because when I spent time in Europe, it's like, you know, people ask where you're from in Canada and you're like, yeah, like Alberta, like, you know, Edmonton and area try to list off like the big cities. And they're like, you know, if it's not Toronto or Vancouver, they've got like no idea. It's like, yep, yep. I went to I went to Quebec in high school for because I was in French class and we went to Quebec City. Everything else, like, if you didn't say that, no one knows. You know what I mean? It's just, like, it's same thing. Like, same thing in New York. Everyone just assumes you're from New York City. You know what I mean? And I'm from a little bit out of New York City, like, north of it. Right. But when you you go, oh, I'm from New York, and they're like, oh, New York City. You're like, just for the ease of it, you're like, yeah, sure. Yeah. But it's like, and that's, you know, that's fair, too, because in the same instance, I didn't realize myself because of my or geography, ge- geographical understanding of North America. <laughs> but I didn't realize either that, like, there's quite a bit of hunting opportunity even, yeah, around New York. So, Oh, dude, there's, I mean, my, like, and, uh, like, one of my buddies I went to college with who I actually moved down south with and, and did all that stuff with, but he, uh, he says some of the biggest deer he's ever seen are on Long Island, New York. 
And you're like, that's crazy. Like you have to go through the city to get there and like the frogs night, all that. And he's like, dude, there are 10 points all over because no one hunts out that way. It's uncommon. Yeah. I guess you, not that no one does, I guess people who know do, but that way there's less hunters per capita. And it's just, there's just monsters. Yeah. And that's like similar to what I've heard too. And I didn't, I was just like, what? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. shocking when you hear it and then you see one and you're like, whoa. Yeah. And I think, you know, even for us, like it's, it's like my own naive naivety or whatever naiveness that just thinks that like when anyone's talking about like that part of the States, it's like all concrete jungle, like other than like, yep. you know, the giant park oh, in the middle of New York, there's like, not. you just assume there's not much else, but there's tons. So. Oh yeah. I mean, we go, uh, me and my, like my good, good friend who I've been friends since I was like nine years old, same Corey. Um, we go camping and hiking in the Adirondacks and the, and the Catskills all the time, which is like straight up towards like Albany, which is in like the middle of New York. Mm. And you tell people about it and like, we show them pictures and like where we go and, and stuff like that. And they're shocked. They're like, that's yeah. New York. You're like, yeah, there's other things than like the five boroughs, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> Yeah. So you, have you lived there your whole life? Like, did you born and raised in New York? You grew up there? Yep. So I was born and raised in New York, um, went to school here and then went to college. I went to college in uh, a place called Alfred, New York, which is in like the panhandle part of New York, like the upper, the upper, um, like Western part of New York. Um, and then after that is when I moved to the South, I moved to North Carolina. Oh, dang. And how long did you live there? Uh, just under 10 years. So I and moved. Who? I'm sorry. No, sorry. Go on. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, so I moved, I think in the, I moved in like July of 2015, I think. And then I just, I've been in New York back again for going on a year uh, next month. Thanks. So I was gone, yeah, I was gone from 2015 to, to last year. Wow. And so were you down there like working? Was that when you were doing the NASCAR stuff or? Yep. Yep. So what I did was, um, I've always been into like cars and, and racing and all that stuff, but my dad owns his own uh, automotive shop. So I kind of grew up turning wrenches with him. You know, it's like when I could go there and like understand it, I was there, you know, building like my own cars and, and working on his and stuff. Um, so naturally after high school, I was like, well, this is what I'm going to do. So um, I went to actually the same college my dad went to. And it's like a, like a tech school. Like there's, people who do like real, like real jobs. I shouldn't say that automotive's not real, but like they did real college. You know I mean, we would go and like wrench on cars all day. So it was kind of yeah. unfair because it was just, it was just fun all day, you know? Yeah. Um, but we did that. And then um, through like some of the classes we took, I took like a motorsports based program and the teacher um, at the time was Tony Stewart's front tire changer for like, a bunch of years, you know, when Tony Stewart was still driving and, uh, and he was like, you guys are, you know, you guys are cool. Do you want to go, do you want to go racing? And we were like, nah, I will. Yeah. Like that. But like how, and he's like, no, seriously. Like, do you guys want to go down South and go racing? And that's what led us to, that's what led us to like, yeah, let's do it. So we all within like probably like five weeks of each other, we all moved down to the South and, um, and that was kind of how we started, like, getting our foot in the door going. You know, we started out at, like, a pit school, um, kind of learning, like, the basics and stuff and getting on some lower-level teams. Like, there's a – like, most people know, like, 
the cup guys that you see on Sunday that race, but then there's like two lower divisions and like the truck series and then like an ARCA series. Right. And, uh, and we, you know, you start in like the lower level and kind of work your way up. And by no means was I like, I was never on a cup team. Like I was never one of those dudes on Sundays. Like I never got to that point. Um, but I was on like competitive truck teams, like any weekend I could have, I could have won on those teams. Um, but yeah, that's what led us down to the South was we were going to be pickers. And at one point there was, it was like a, it was like a frat house, I guess at that point, because there was four dudes <laughs> living in, you know, this huge house that we were renting together and we were all on different race teams. So like we'd all fly out every weekend because you fly like private jets to the races. Easy. And yeah, but we'd all fly in different jets. So we'd fly, you know, with your team, you know, you fly there, you get to the racetrack and then you're with your, like your roommates again, you know what I mean? And then you see them and then you do your race and you fly home. And um, Yeah. That was like two years of that. And like, sometimes we were at like, there was times we were at the same team. Sometimes we were at different teams. Um, even there was times that at one point we were all practicing on the same car, which was kind of wild. Cause it was kind of like a power team at that point. Cause we'd all kind of grew up with each other. So we kind of knew each other better than everybody else, you know? Yeah. So, you felt more comfortable. So when you kind of jump off the wall with those dudes, you kind of do better, you know? Um, but yeah, that was, I mean, I played a lot of sports. I rode horses, you know, growing up and, and all this stuff. And that was the most, to this day, most like exhilarating thing you can do is jump out in front of those in like front of those cars. Like it's like, you get paid to play in traffic. We would say <laughs> that's kind of what, you know, we joked, but we were like, dude, we're getting paid to play in traffic and it's wild, you know, and there's pictures. My mom, Oh my God, my mom would get so like, she couldn't watch. Cause like, she'd look for us and like, you know what car <laughs> you're on, you know? And she'd yeah. be like, I'm not watching. And like, you'd get clipped once in a while, like a car would get close to you and like clip your ankle or like you'd feel it touch you. And you mm. just kind of keep in the moment, you don't really process it. But after one of your other guys, like would be like, was he close to you? And you're like, dude, he touched me. I'm pretty sure that car touched me. So yeah. it was, it was, a, it's, it's so fun. I mean, I would like, I would do it again in a heartbeat. It is. I mean, I probably wouldn't be any good. Any, I haven't done it in so long, but um, it was so much fun, dude. So much fun. Like so when you were getting on that plane, like flying down there, you know, with your team and stuff, like it's a high stakes thing. And, you know, there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of stuff going on. Like you say, like, but then on the other hand, it's like, it sounds exactly like you're saying like a ton of fun. Were you on that plane ride, like nervous? Were you like, Oh man, like I got to be on it. Or were you just like stoked? Were you just, um, like in the beginning, you're kind of stoked because you're like, this is like, it's surreal. You know what I mean? You're like, oh my God, I'm on it. Like a, like a, like the jets were like one row, the aisle, and then like two rows. So it's like, the, you're on like a private jet. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. you know, it's not like red carpet, but you're, you know, but then after a while, once it got serious, because it's like a very, like NASCAR is a very like cutthroat industry in the sense of like, you have to perform. And if you don't right. perform, there, there are dudes waiting to take your spot and like I'm very much of the mind like how I like I hype myself up about things and like I make them maybe bigger than they are just so I have to keep myself competing to that level but mm -hmm. I would always I would always be like looking at the dudes that were above me like on the real teams and stuff and I would always tell myself like those dudes are getting my checks and making my money like I'm coming for you 
And that's how I say it to myself to keep myself at like a level of like keep improving. You know what I mean? I'd never want to get complacent and be like, oh, you're good. I'd always be like, no, you're in second place. Nice. No matter, you know what I mean? No matter what. But yes, it was. You know, I would take like, I mean, this probably wasn't the smart, but I would take like pre-workout before every race to get like, <laughs> hi- to get like super hyped up. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, that was just my thing. And like my guys on my team would be like, you're insane, dude. Like that's too much. And I'd be like, no, man, we have to be cranked up for this. And the ironic yeah. part is it's a lot of sitting around and waiting. It's kind of like hunting, honestly. There's a like a big translation now that I, you know, went to Canada and did this hunt and all that stuff. But there's a big translation because it's a lot of sitting around and like doing absolutely nothing. And then like, it's like the, like the yellow comes out and you are, it is game time, like instantly, you know what I mean? And it's just like hunting how you could sit in a stand all day and be like falling asleep. Mm-hmm. And then you hear a twig break and like, you know, your trophy shooters coming in, like it's game time and you have to get yourself ready in like seconds. And so that's mm-hmm. like, honestly, I do feel like, being in that pitting scenario all the time helped translate over to hunting. Cause like, that was the biggest thing going to Canada. That was the first time I ever hunted anything. And like, we'll get into that at that point. But like, yeah, that's, that was so like, people were like, Oh, are you going to freak out? Are you going to, you know, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, like, I don't know how I'm going to be with that. Cause that's a different scenario, but I've been in the, in the mindset of like, we have to sit around and wait. It's like you don't get a second play. You know what I mean? Like you, because you yeah. affect their, you affect their position in the race by your pit stops. So like if you messed up, they'll lose spots and then they can get in a wreck and that's on you. You know what yeah. I mean? So if you slow them down the whole thing. So it helped translate. I feel a little bit that it helped translate of being like under that instant pressure type thing where you have to perform. It's not like football where you get another down or like, oh, we have a, you know, a two hour long you know, you, the next play is 30 seconds from now, you know, it could be an hour before they bring the car back in and you're just sitting there, you know, and if you have a good stop, it hypes you up. But if you have a bad stop, you got to like kick, like kick past that to be like, we have to perform the next one, you know? That's crazy. Cause like, it's such a cool way to relate to two worlds that are almost not interchangeable, but in, in that mindset setting, a hundred percent are, you know, like, that's really yeah. cool to hear because like yeah like you say like you're you're under pressure you're under the gun and then yeah if you're sitting around waiting but there's so much things that can affect that and you know even hunting like if things go negatively man you can get hung up on it you can get like beaten up by it you can beat yourself up through it and then you know when things go successfully it's like the highest of highs right like it's oh oh yeah and like even even i find if i like and i shoot like every day religiously like if even if i have like a bad day shooting like the next day i have to like i have to like be like dude it's cool today's a new day you know what i mean and like for real yeah i'm just slinging arrows in my yard you know what i mean and i'm like like it's cool bro it's cool like talk yourself off the edge because you're like yesterday was garbage you know and you're like it's fine you know it's fine i did shoulders that day it's fine you know whatever it is you know whatever you got to tell yourself yeah but yeah, it is true, man. Like, it's, it's funny because we're all human and we're like, you're not going to get that perfect consistency 100% of the time. And yeah, man, we're like, it's easy to have like a good few days, especially shooting where everything's great. And then you have one that's not and you just can't put a finger on what's wrong. And all you can do really is hang it up and try again tomorrow. It's kind of kind of crazy that way for sure. Oh, dude. And that's like, that's the hardest part for me. 
because I'll get like zoned in and now I'm, I look down and I'm like, I've been out here an hour and a half. Like we got to put this down. Like this is not going to get better today. Like we, we just need to try again tomorrow, you know? And that's, I gotta, I have to get better at that. I know for sure to just be like, put it down, dude, put it down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Oh dude, it's hard. Yeah. Cause you're like, Oh, why is this not working? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. You're like, it's everything. It's like everything is wrong and nothing's changed. You're like, this release is garbage. You know, it's not the release at all. It's just you. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's hard to like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for but sure. Yeah. But, but yeah, man, that's, that's, that's like the relation I had with that, that I'm like, this is just like, it's a totally different thing, but it's just like that. And it, it worked for me at least just cause I could like put my mind in that compartment again. Hmm. And so now like that you're back in New York, like what are you, are you still working on cars there? Or, like, what are you doing for work out there now? No. So even after I, I stopped pitting probably in total like four years after i moved down there just by um like training and getting into it and then actually pitting for like the two consecutive years and then and then what ended up happening was um they went from a six-man team over the wall to a five-man team and they told us like four days after the season ended and i was working like a real job at the time like i was doing both so i would work my real job um and then I would, you know, do this, I would leave early or come in late and then go on the weekends to do the pitting thing. And what they did was they got rid of um, a tire carrier, the guy you see like hang the tire. Yeah. Um, and the Jackman had to start doing that as well. And I was a Jackman, but I hadn't learned how to hang a tire. Like I couldn't, I couldn't do it that well. I could kind of do it once in a while, but not to the caliber that I needed to, to keep performing. And I made that decision of like, well, the job I had at the time was progressing and the pitting, even though I moved here for the pitting thing, I had to make like the adult decision to be like, well, that's what I came here for, but this job is progressing more than I thought. And I actually was like, all right, I'm not going to pit anymore. I'm just going to keep going with this. And I, and I did that um, up until I, you know, and up until I, you know, was done with that and, and then ended up moving back to New York. But yeah, that's, that's how I did that, that, you know, I, I just stayed in the South cause I liked it. And I ended up like buying a house. I did the whole thing. I lived there for a while. Um, yeah. And then I just was like done with the, the one job that I was at. And, um, you know, I had my core group of friends there, but beyond that, I was just kind of, you know, I'd been there almost a decade and I was just like, you know what, I think it's time to, to hang this like part of my life up. And mm -hmm. then you know, all my family and like my, you know, my good friends and everything um, are back in New York. And I was like, well, let's give that a try. And so, yeah, like I moved, I moved back probably a year ago now, I'd say, give or take. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I managed when I, I was a, uh, like a production manager um, at a facility down there. And then what ended up happening was um, the company, ironically, that my, my mom works for um is a it's like a custom furniture company we make like high-end custom furniture and we do it oh. all in-house like like um like solid timber comes in and it rolls out these like beautiful pieces of like elegant furniture um and oh. their yeah and their production manager um sadly passed away oh. um like, like two years ago and they just had never 
found someone to fill that position. And, you know, um, my mom has been at this company for a super long time, like 25 years, 30 years, something like that. And with me coming home, you know, it kind of worked out that I was like, he was looking for somebody I had done, you know, not furniture, but I'm, I'd done the production managing thing for like 10 years. So it was kind of something I'm very used to. Um, and it worked out very well that I slid into the role and, and started working there. And, and I love it. You know I mean? It's a very fast paced kind of, it's this big old factory from like, uh, I think the factory is going on like 120 years old. I could be off on that, but yeah, it's an, it's an old, yeah, it's an old factory, like in the, in the bones of it, you know, but, um, so we I run up and down the factory all day long from all the floors, like working with all the guys from like, you know, the rough cut stuff down to like the, the finished fab, if you want to call it. And um, so I love it, man. It's very, and I'm very fast paced. Like I, I, I don't like sitting still very often. So it worked out and um, yeah, so that's what I do now. And, and then just shoot my bow anytime I can. Wow, dude. That's really cool. That's like wild to hear, especially like a building like that. I can just picture this thing that's got like tons of history in it and to work. And it's just cool too. It is, man. It, they used to, to my knowledge, I don't know if it was the original, uh, like occupiers of it, but for the, the longest time, it was a lawnmower factory that they made <laughs> like, the, like the push style ones you see, like the rotary style that like nobody uses anymore. Yeah. And, uh, and it was, I think, the the invention of the motor for those that put them out of business because they didn't think that was going to, like, catch on, per se. And obviously it did, you know, but um, it's cool just because, like, the doors are gigantic and heavy and, like, you can tell they're real, like, real steel. And, like, they have that, like, um, like the block spray paint lettering on them, like, of their old names. And, the, you know, it's just it's just very, like, you look around and you could just tell it's, like, it was made when, like, like America was like really America, you know what I mean? Like just the things like the soul in that building is like, that's how I put it to other people. Like the soul in that building is wild. That's so and cool. It's, and it's probably haunted too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> from know? the description, I'm like, Oh yeah, for sure. But no, that's, for, freaking, that's so cool, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. So that's, that's it now, man. And I'm just been, I've just been in New York doing, doing that. Yeah. That's real good for you, dude. That's an, like, aside from the story that we're going to get into and everything, like that's already an incredible life to be living. But uh, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Oh, dude, that's so cool. Like I'm living, <laughs> you know, just over here in Alberta, like butzing around doing some shit here and there. And yeah, like that, you, you've been a part of some really, really cool shit and done some really, really cool stuff with your life. And yeah, even now, man, like it's really cool where you're working, what you're doing. And yeah, it's so unique and, crazy like i can't even imagine what that's like just day to day now i'm probably gonna like honestly as weird as this might sound i'll probably be just like thinking about you from day to day now like i do kind of <laughs> i'll just be like you know if i'm having like a shit day or doing something i'll be like man what are people on the other side of the world doing i'll be like yeah well, nick's probably chilling in this like crazy old factory. <laughs> <laughs> living in a different time frame building furniture yeah man no so, that's like, awesome. i appreciate that's funny but, dude no i appreciate that Oh, that's cool, man. And I mean, so to kind of get into a little bit here, like, so you have an incredible, like, weight loss journey. And yeah, uh, yeah, that that's yeah. like the thing I'm the most um, like proud of, like the other stuff, I try to be like modest about, but that's like the one thing I do, like, I don't want to say like brag about, but that's like, 
the I am I'm like honestly that's the most like proud thing I have in like my life is that that Dude. journey yeah well like hell yeah and like I want you to brag about it now <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> this is crazy so like to get into it a bit like from what I seen you were saying you were like roughly around like 312 pounds or something like that the the heaviest I saw on a scale after that I never stepped on a scale so I started losing weight again um yeah was it was i remember it like clear as day looking down and it was 311 and i know i got heavier than that because i had to buy bigger pants like after i that time um so i probably crested like 320 at one point if i had to guess um yeah that i was big and i'm only like 510 like i'm not like a gigantic dude like i'm not like these like you know, I'm not like Derek Wolf, like, you know what I mean? These like mm -hmm. D line, like these D line men or, you know, defensive end dudes who are like six, nine, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm five ten, So like three twenty did not look crisp on me. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, you know, and like, thank God I have like this, like big personality that I'm like, kind of, I mean, I think I'm funny, you know, some people might not find me funny, but I think I'm hilarious. And <laughs> So like, I never, and this is like the comical part of this. I never knew I was fat. So really? Like, I, ne I never really got bullied. I mean, probably I got called fat once in a while, but I'd be like, what is that guy talking about? You know what I mean? Like, you're like, what is who is this guy? Um, so I never knew I was like gigantic. You know what I mean? Because no one ever cared. Like I was always like, I had a lot of friends. I, you know what I mean? I had, girl yeah, I had girlfriends when I was fat. So like, it never like affected me like i i wasn't like that like oh i'm always i'm fat like it never really did that to me so i never knew and which it sounds so stupid when you say it now but like i just did my thing you know and i i had a lot of friends and like i was social and i was you know i did all these things while getting gigantic you know and um yeah it took a lot and like one particular moment to like smack me in the face and be like, you are huge, bro. And you are going to die if you don't change this. Yeah. So, so like, were you like kind of like big as a kid, like growing up too, or did, was it like at a certain point you just started kind of like putting on weight or like, by the sounds of it, it sounds like, you know, you just kind of put it on at some point and didn't realize or. Yeah. So I, I mean, I was always like a, like a chunky kid, like, you know, like the joke, like my mom would be like, Oh, you're just big bone growing up. Like, so I mm -hmm. was like, I was always like a big, and I was born in November. So like, I was always like an older kid in my class too, you know? So mm -hmm. I was always a little bit bigger. Um, but I, I probably didn't start getting like super, super heavy till like the end of my high school career. And then mm -hmm. I went to college and you know, the whole like freshman 15 thing. I mean, it's no joke because food's so easy to get. And it's not like, they're trying to feed you the healthiest thing. Like they're like, Oh, check it out. We have a KFC on, on campus. You're and now like thinking back, I'm like, that's so horrible, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and then I was in a fraternity. So like, you know, you party a lot, you have fun a lot. So, um, all that in conjunction and I never really was into working out. Um, so all that in conjunction, I think I would pack on like 30 pounds a cement, like, um like a school year like so i'd always have to buy new clothes and you know and that whole thing so i would say like from the time i turned like 18 to like my mid-20s is when it really was like 
the the dark years if you want to say mm -hmm. that was when it got like the worst yeah and but you still didn't really like you say like realize it like it wasn't you're yeah. still kind of just yeah no man like i was like i said i was in a fraternity and like i was on like the council and everything and like i would plan these big parts and like i was friends with all these people so like no one ever cared because i didn't care you know what i mean and like maybe i didn't care because i just was like easier to not care but mm -hmm. it just it just got out of control and then like i said it led up to this one moment where um i grew up on this this horse farm like um that's where I like, um, I guess you can say like matured and grew up and I like had a horse and I did all that growing up. Um, and we'd all come back and we're still like really good friends. Like ironically, like the, my girlfriend I've known since I was like nine years old, you know what I mean? And I'm 30 and I met her there. So, um, it, it's like a home to me, that place. So whenever we'd all come home from college and everything, we'd always go hang out with each other back you know, in our hometown. And I'll never forget this. We went to um, Six Flags and I don't know if they have that up in Canada, but Six Flags, it's just like a big amusement park and they have a yeah. couple around like the country. Yeah, we're and... aware of what it is, but we don't have much. I think we have like one in Canada or two, but yeah, if oh, we're okay. in the States as Canadians, we're like, yeah, let's go there. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so we all like, we all like, there was a bunch of us, you know, and we go down there and, um, I remember it was like the last ride. It was like the ride, whatever the ride was at the time. We, you know, the line, you know, it's like we waited super long, however long it was. And, um, you know, we get to the front of the line and, you know, there's, it's the middle of summer. So there's, you know, there's, um, it's all kids our age, you know, girls, guys, the whole thing. And I went to get in the ride and I couldn't get the thing buckled. Like I was too big. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I couldn't. So like my buddy, who's still my best friend, uh, his name's Corey Moraski. He like was like, oh, I got you, bro. And he had his feet on like the thing on my chest and his back against like the car in front of us. Yeah. And he was and he was trying to get it shut and it wouldn't shut. And finally, the dude had to come over to me and be like, hey, man, like you, you got to get off. Yeah. And I remember like looking up and like just seeing the sea of people and like that was single and i needed it and i'm so glad i would i would pay for it to happen again if I, you know what i mean like i would uh, never take it i would never take it away from me but it was the most embarrassing moment to date in my life and i remember having to get out of the car and like my buddy came with me and having to like walk off the ride and there's hundreds of people there just staring at you and like they know you're too fat they like there's no secret you know what i mean like there's there's no guess of why you got off the ride yeah man. and and that was like the moment I went like, holy smokes, like I'm gigantic and I'm going to die. Like if I keep doing this, I'm going to die. And, you know, I was almost on like heart medication and all this stuff because like my blood pressure was through the roof and my cholesterol was nuts. And, you know, I'm like 19 years old, you know, and I am have like a 50 year old smoker's body, you know, and I'm like this has got to change. And that was, that was the day, you know, that was the moment um, that changed like my life. And I'm, like I said, I would never take that back. Like, I'm so glad that happened because it altered my life forever. I might be, I might have been dead. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy because yeah, like I can just like, 
I guess empathetically, like put myself as much as I try to put myself in that situation, like, man, you feel like absolute shit. Like, uh, oh, yeah, I, I can't imagine like, how you felt. Like, it is low. Like, you go, holy shit. Like, that was like the moment I realized I was fat. Like, all those years, I was like, oh my God, like, I am huge, you know? And, you know, people like, like, I'm, I'm whatever about it now, like, to the point where I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't think it's okay for people to be that big and some people like aren't okay that i say stuff like that yeah but i'm like one i can say it i was huge like i was there i know what that feels like i can say it yeah. um and two like you know anybody saying that that's not okay is just like like i just want like i just want people to understand like to get help you know what i'm saying like whatever that takes even if it's that embarrassing moment and like someone might not want to hear that pit like swallow that pill but yeah. I'm glad life smacked me in the face like how it did. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it it only made me who I am today, and I'm so happy that it happened. Mm-hmm. Man, just like even sitting here and like letting that all kind of sink in, like thinking about it, I'm like, man, that's such a it's such a good like that's such a healthy way to look at that moment in life too. Because like you say, like, I'm like, to be like, I'm glad it, like, I'm glad the shittiest moment in my life happened to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, absolutely. That's, that's like, that, that's the best way to put it. I'm so glad that that happened to me. And it, like, that's like the healthiest way. I think you could look at anything that would, you know, like, I think at that point, man, like you, you probably had a fork in, in the road and I don't know if maybe it, this is, can speak to it or not, but like, it seems like you have a fork in the road. That's like, okay, I either change my life for the better or I get like real upset about this and I just wallow in it. You know what I mean? And I don't do anything, right? Like, yep. Yeah. And that's what that's most like, people do, man. That most people just like suck into the turtle shell more and like, hmm. and it, it sucks because like I get that side of it. Like there's those moments that you're like, oh, whatever, man. Like it's whatever, but it's not, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And like, you just have to like, you just have to have that mindset of like this sucks right now and it's gonna suck more and that's okay and like it sounds cheesy but like i listen to all those dudes like like joe rogan and cam haynes and and like david goggins and all those dudes and they're like no like it's it like embrace that like embrace the suck you know what i'm saying because it mm-hmm. it only makes you so much stronger like mentally this like going through that and it sounds cheesy, but like I tell like the guys that I work with and all that, like I go to the gym at like 4 a.m. every day and mm. I'm like that. I'm, I make that part of my day on purpose, the hardest part of my day. Like I make those workouts suck so bad. Um, so like the rest of my day, no matter what happens, no matter what problem, what went wrong, what got cut wrong, whatever, it's not that big of a deal. Like that's easy compared to what I just put myself through. Like nothing you're going to bring to me is going to be as hard or as challenging as what I just went through at 4.30 a.m. You know what I mean? Like it, and it you sounds like no. people, people like roll their eyes at that and are like, oh my God, you're too much, dude, or whatever it is. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, that's how I have to do it. Or it's like, or like, I think I'll refer, I mean, I hope I don't revert back to it because I've put so much time, money and effort into it at this point. But that's what I tell myself to like scare myself. You know what I mean? Like, Mm-hmm. You want to go? You want to go back to a forty-four inch waist? Like no. Yeah, and I don't <laughs> think that, <laughs> like that's something I, so I don't bad. think. 
I don't think you'll ever let that happen to you again. Like based on how you're talking about it and everything. Like I think, yeah, there might be the warrior of the concern, but dude, like the the way you're coming at it and looking at it, it's like I don't think it would ever happen. And I and you know, it's good on you for it. Like regardless of what people are doing at four o'clock in the morning, whether you're working out or you're trying to catch the first bite fishing or you're trying to get in the stand in the dark or like whatever people are like a lot of people miss out on what can be done in those hours because they're just like, and, and then I know you've probably heard this a million times too, like saying, even from those same guys you're referencing, like David Goggins and Cam Haynes and Rogan and everything. And it's like, it, you know, it's so much easier to just like roll over and be like, yeah, I'll just sleep for another 10 minutes. Like it's like, you don't get anywhere in like in life taking the easy route out all the time. And it's always there for you to take. It's always like tempting you like this temptation of like, yeah, you don't have to do it today. Or like, yeah, you could just quit this workout early or, you know, you don't have to go and do that. But then it's like, then all of a sudden you live a life unlived, right? Oh dude, that's, and like, it sounds funny. And like, I have the biggest fear of like missing out, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I'll say it. And like, I like, I try to make my life so exciting now. Cause people are like, Oh, like you're going like, like I said, like my first trip ever, my first hunting trip ever, like first time trying to harvest an animal, I flew to Canada. You know what I mean? Like, people yeah. are like, why didn't you just try to hunt in like the woods behind your house? Like a, like a mm-hmm. whitetail. And I'm like, I could, but like, I feel <laughs> like I missed out on so many things being big or being whatever. And like, I wasted those times in my life. And I truly do feel like that. Like I wasted those years. And I'm mm-hmm. not saying I didn't do fun things back then, but I'm like, what? could I have done like what more mm-hmm. could I have done you know where could I have gone and done and all these things that like I just try to like go big or go home and I there's like there's a video and like we'll get into it of like in camp and stuff um mm-hmm. there's like a YouTube video of us in that moment and I say that like the like go bigger they're like and you flew all the way to Canada it's like to do your first thing and I'm like yeah man like go big or go home if I'm gonna lose I'd rather lose on like the big stage then win you know behind mm-hmm. my house you know and that's you know i that's just how i've tried to be now and it it sounds cheesy at times but the days that like you're saying like the days i just want to like roll over whatever i do harder workouts as like a punishment for that you know what i mean i'm like oh you let that demon creep in like now we're doing now we're doing <laughs> a murph like now we're doing we're doing a murph today we weren't gonna you know, yeah. doing a Murph with a hoodie on and like double the weight <laughs> we were gonna do yesterday, you know, and that's just how I like it's like that little like fight that inner demon thing, dude, that just drives me every day. Like it's I'm glad yeah. it's there. Some days it sucks, but um yeah. but yeah, and then it you know, once I started once I started losing the weight, ironically, my sister just had a kid at the time mm-hmm. in like in whatever, like ten years. Like I think it's like 10, 10 years ago at this point, I started this whole thing and she started doing Weight Watchers. So I was like, oh, I'll, I'll, that's a good place to start, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, I started dropping, you know, more weight and more weight and more weight. And um, when I moved down to do racing, I was still heavy-ish. And um, a guy who became like one of my great friends, he's like my personal trainer still, um he helped me buy and sell my house um he i tell him i'm like dude you became like my like life coach um and anyone in 
the South, and this is like a shameless plug. Um, his name's Alex Hayes. Like the dude is one of the nicest people I've ever met. Um, and he helped me get to like the point where I'm at today. Like I still use his workouts, you know what I mean? And just, he, um, he was in, I met him through racing. Um, and his wife worked at the gym that I went to. And then that's how we all became friends. But he was able to really, really help me because he was in racing and trying to help me lose weight and get, you know, better and everything. So he could really tailor all my stuff to be better at racing. And, Mm -hmm. um, and that's really what like propelled me into like really working out and really eating right and really doing all this and, and led me to, to being like where I'm at today. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to like quickly mention too about like earlier when you're talking about like the demon and you, or like whatever the, that motivation and that drive that's like getting you to go through and put yourself through these things to live a better life and be a better person, you know, and when you, you, you briefly mentioned there, like, um, you know, people might think it's like crazy that you're, or it's like overkill that you're like up at four in the morning and doing that or whatever. But I think it's like, I just wanted to touch on that and say like, no matter what, uh, people are, you know, saying to you in that instance, it's like those things you're doing for yourself. You're not doing that because you care what so-and-so thinks. And it's like, whenever we're at the end of our rope in life, it's like, I think that's when you will be like the happiest for yourself that you decided to do those things for yourself. It doesn't matter what the hell anybody else thinks you should do. Right? Oh, dude, absolutely. Like to your point, like no one, no one's going to make me put a hoodie on and a weighted vest and at 4.30 do a Murph workout. Like that is purely for me. You know what I mean? And that's like mm-hmm. when I learned, when I learned that of like, it's not for those people. It's not for anybody else. Like this is for me. Like I'm saving myself right now. You know what I mean? Like this is, mm-hmm. you know, I get to reap the rewards now of those like shitty workouts and those like, only eating ground and like i'm i still eat this way but like you know eating ground turkey for breakfast lunch and dinner and with Mm -hmm. nothing on it you know what i mean and just like do i want to do that no of course i want to you know pound down a baconator and french fries who wouldn't you know but (laughs) you know and and i mean and that's what helped me get fat because i would eat no joke like two wendy's baconators at a time and tell myself, if I don't eat the fries, it's not that bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, that's how it conspired. And you know, it, it, you know, but that's like you said, that's, that's what helps me like keep going. Cause it is for me, you know what I mean? It's like me pushing me and I'm the only person that could push myself that far. And it only yeah. makes me, it makes me better as a person to like, push myself every day like that and then the world's not as hard like not that the world's easy because the world sucks and we all know it you know what i mean like we just have to make carve out our little bit of sunshine every day but um uh, you know what i mean but it 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 it's like doing those things like forcing yourself to do hard things and succeeding at them or just struggling through them even if you don't necessarily like succeed or get the you know get that like the get the elk at the end of like the season or or get to the weight you want to do. You can plug anything into that equation. But even if you like struggle through and like limp out the other side, like just being able to look back and be like, holy shit, I did that. 
-hmm. I didn't maybe, I didn't maybe succeed in the sense of I want to, but you're standing there and some people aren't. And that's how you Mm -hmm. have to look at it. Like I'm standing here and and there's some people who started with me that aren't. That's something too, you know, and that's how I had to start like winning the little battles led me Mm -hmm. to winning the big battles in the long run. It's that's such an incredible like I couldn't agree with that more. Like that's such a great way to put it and such an incredible way to put it. Yeah. No, I that appreciate that. And that's that's well like the, that's how I that's how I rational. You know, I'd rather like I said, man, I'd rather lose on the big scale than than win in my backyard. Yeah. So but yeah, that's kinda that's kind of the weight loss thing in, in like a nutshell, man. It it I mean, I'm still, you know, that led to, um, I had so much extra skin, um, that I had a, I had two tummy tucks to get Mm -hmm. rid of the skin. So like I lost it all. And like, I'm proud of the fact that I said, like, I I lost it naturally. Like I didn't have any surgeries to lose it. I didn't have anything. I lost in total, like rough estimate, like 130 pounds. And, um, I had so much extra skin that I could never like feel accomplished. Like it was like, I was there, but I wasn't, you know, and like a reminder, um, man. exactly, man. It was like a, it was just like a false like cover, you know? So yeah. I had one and then it settled funny, like the, my back. So he fixed it for me. So I had two. Um, and now it's like normal and like, I can, like see the see the accomplishments every day so oh, like, you look great, man. like you look freaking great <laughs> <laughs> I, no i appreciate i appreciate that man thank you no you for know, real like from the pictures and stuff i'm like holy shit dude like not only there but like man you're like well built out like your arms are jacked like you're you're not just like you didn't just lose the weight man you came out looking freaking like a spread on the other end <laughs> i no, I, I truly appreciate that man thank yeah. you it it took a lot of a lot of work and ground turkey and, and, just, <laughs> and just oh man like early days but you know yeah. it's, and it i mean and it cost me like and i'll say like i don't care it's not like a secret like all said and done it cost me like like 20 grand between the two surgeries and everything to to mm-hmm. do everything and luckily right after like i did this i was still living in the south when i did that and i just decided one day to sell my house when I was living down there and I moved into an apartment after I sold it, but um, I was able to pay all that off. Cause I, it was when like that housing market was like booming and people were just paying ridiculous numbers for houses, you know? And, you know, I made, I made really good money on my house and I was able to pay all that off and, um, and just feel like fully relieved. Cause like everything was paid off and, I could like really look at myself and be like, all right, now, like now we start, like now, you know, most people would be like, we're there. And like how my twisted mind works is I'm like, now we start, like now it's the beginning. Like before was mm-hmm. just to get to, to the starting line. Now we start, you know? So, but um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of when after the surgeries and everything, and I sold it, like sold my house and I paid everything off and I got, you know, to the point where I was like, okay, now, now, it, like, now it matters. Now it counts. Like before it did, cause like I knew it did in my head, but like the skin was still there. So I couldn't, I couldn't change anything. You know what I mean? And 
that whole um, thing that was a gigantic process that, like i felt like i got hit by a train dude because he had to like re-sew my abdominal structure together because like i was fat for so long it like pulled it apart so it took me like four months to get back to like being able to go back to the gym and work out and even move right you know but um dude i didn't realize because yeah abdominal stuff is no joke and i didn't realize how how much of her oh that's nuts it was rough dude like i'm glad i did it i'd never do it again like i was like that was like i felt like i've never well i've been hit by race cars but uh (laughs) i've never been hit by like a truck but that's what I envision. Like if I got hit in a side, like in a crosswalk, that's what waking up would feel like. You know what I mean? Like just like blinking hurt. You're like, Oh my God, dude, this is rough. And so once that happened and, and I sold everything, it was just like, all right, man, here we go. And you know, things kind of people joke, but like, I've got like this weird, like I say it out loud. So I'm like, I'd rather be lucky than good like any day of the week. And it works out sometimes like that, like even getting this job, like falling into that position and just like running with it and like being successful there and, um, you know, just moving home and, and like re like rekindling with, like I said, like my girl, I've known my girlfriend since I was nine. You know what I mean? But we've, we've only been dating, you know, a couple months now, but um, just like how weird, like the universe connects you back to like, what feels like it should be right and like how it's how it should be you know so um i can't complain at all man like it it's it's just it feels like my life is where it should be right now and that's i feel like that's hard in today's society and like today's world to feel that way like because everything's so unrailed and and like unhinged and all that you know yeah man and you know it's it's a remarkable thing. And like one thing I wanted to like quickly just tie in and like in a way that I relate, but in not as, you know, it's gnarly of an experience, but um, like I myself, like I smoked like a pack, like a pack and a half a day for like 10 years. Oh, and wow. I'm like over, I don't even know. Now. I think I'm like a year and a half, like completely quit. And oh, good for you, dude. That's great. Yeah. Thanks, man. And, but I mean, it's nowhere near like the same, like, you know, process that you have to put yourself through to like, it's a lot more just a mental like process. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like that's an insanely mental process that you put yourself through too, but then just oh. in a, in a relation, like when you were talking about earlier, when we were talking about like how you have to do it for yourself, like my, uh, my dad, like he passed away. Right. And, and this was a few years back. And when he passed, I was like, Oh, I got to quit smoking. Cause he was a smoker and I'd seen what had done to him and stuff like that. Right. And I yeah. just had my son and my son was only, you know, four months old when he passed. And I was like, okay, I got to like be a, you know, be the best example I can be for him. And, and it, the, all yep. this time, man, what I was talking about was other people like, Oh, I, I, you know, I seen what it did to my dad. I can't do that. And then I got to be better for my son. I can't do that. And the whole time I couldn't quit smoking. And then it, it right. wasn't until I realized right. like, it's not from like what happened to him or what I need to do for my son. It's like, I needed to do it for myself and be like, no, like it, it's not family related. It's like, it's just for me and because I wanted to live healthier and I want to be the best version of myself or whatever. Right. So it's, it's weird that way too. Cause you'd think like all those things would be the biggest motivators and whatever, but, and those real. are, and like, listen, don't, don't get me wrong. Those are fantastic things to like, 
hold in front of yourself to use as like the carrot on the stick. You know what I mean? But it, it's, it's weird until you realize like, and you, you're a perfect example as well. Like until you realize you're like, holy shit, like nothing's going to change until I do it. Cause I want to for me. And as soon as that clicks, it is like a domino. Yeah, dude. It's like, you can you, all of a sudden that willpower is just like unstoppable. Right. Like you're like, yep. Yep. No, it is. I, and like, you know, like that is, don't take that away from yourself. Like that's being addicted to that is like the same thing as being addicted to food, man. It's the same dopamine, the same mm-hmm. thing. So you're, you are quitting something that, you know, has just as a big as a physical impact on your body. It's just not as seen as being heavy. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, yeah, yeah. Internally, your body's suffering just as much as mine was. Just people saw mine different than they, you know what I mean? It's the same thing in my book. Yeah. Well, and I can, uh, yeah, I can relate to it for sure. I mean, and, and I mean, hopefully uh, there's nothing that comes up, but you know, as, there's no like get hit by a truck, you know, <laughs> of normal <laughs> recovery that way. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. I'm, I'm blessed that way that I didn't go through like, you know, say like a complication from smoking that caused me to like go through some a form of surgery that made it like harder or something like that. Right. So it's like, in, in some ways it's relatable, but, and then I agree, like that damage was still being done on the internally, but yeah, I still think it's like, it's a lot more when that, like that physical appearance is there as well. Right. Like you, you change, like, I think it's tough too, with like quitting smoking. Cause it's like my physical appearance hasn't changed all that much, you know, like I've gained a bit of weight in a good way. Cause I was like unhealthily skinny, like the opposite. Yeah, but exactly. Uh, but it's funny because like um whereas like for yourself it's like you 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 know like when you're talking about like having that like that excess skin and then you do that and then it's like now when you like you look at yourself like you can see that direct accomplishment where sometimes like until i like go for a run or put out some cardio i'm like i kind of forget what that direct like accomplishment feels like with smoking you know (laughs) you're just like oh yeah don't do that anymore so yeah and like i bet like being able to do those things like yeah makes makes it you're like oh i can go run i can go run with my kid like that's special man and like they're only they're only four once you know what i mean they're only you Mm -hmm. know and then and then they get older and it's not you know those moments are not as special because they're always special i guess but you know they're not as pure and whatever and like if you miss that like that's like you have to live with that, you know? And you're like, is that cigarette really worth it? Or is that hot dog really worth it? Or the Baconator, you know? And Mm -hmm. that's, you know, that's when it becomes about the other people. Like the side effect of like caring about yourself then affects those. And you're like, wow, that is good for my son. That is good for my family, you know? And that's where, that's where it comes in. But that's great. I'm, that's, listen, man, that, don't downplay that. That is huge that you were able to do that. Because I know a lot of people who try and can't do that. Yeah, no, and I appreciate it and definitely took a quite a few attempts for sure. And but I agree with you that there's that like ripple effect that once you kind of, you know, put it out there that you're going to be or at least try to be. I feel like a lot of us aim to be, you know, like the best version of ourselves. Um, Absolutely. I mean, like, yeah, there's still things that slip up and, you know, it's hard to do it and follow through with it every day. It's not an easy thing, but it has that ripple effect, right? Where, like you say, like, it's good for the people around you. You're a better person than the people around you. Like you said, even with work, man, like when you're like, oh, yeah, like the hardest part of my day was 
four o'clock in the morning working out. So I'm not going to flip my lid on some, someone in the afternoon because something pissed me off or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it exactly. has a exactly. effect to how you, you know, interact around. But no, 100%. And like, that's it, makes it so much more, um, like the world, like so much more livable. You know what I mean? Because then if you're like, mm. man, if I do this, if I do this to me, there is nothing you're going to do to me to piss me off. Like, obviously, mm. people can get underneath your skin. People are yeah. people. But, you mm. know, for the most part, you're like, all right, we made all these wrong. That sucks. But, like, uh, we just have to make them right now. And that's it. There's no reason to freak out. You know what I mean? It's just, for sure. It helps. It for sure helps, you know. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, once, you know, once um once that whole change happens of like you know even like you went through like the the accomplishment and then you see that the the gratification coming from that not only from like your own brain of being like man look at the thing but like when other people start noticing it Mm -hmm. that's cool that's cool and like that's i mean it feels weird to like appreciate that from other people because you don't want to like have that complacency but that Mm -hmm. It, it it is nice you know what i mean when you're like oh wow it, it is all this is worth it like getting up at this not smoking that cig like it's all coming together and that's what i think keeps keeps part of it going you know what i mean mm-hmm. no i completely agree man and yeah it's such a interesting topic because i think in in so many people have like face that kind of adversity or that dynamic with a lot of different things you know um, oh yeah Oh yeah. Yeah. Like sometimes the only way to, yeah, like get through to the other end, like you can have all the support in the world or, you know, and all the people in the world, but yeah, it's such a personal battle, right. That so many people aren't aware of, you know, when things are going. No, it is. It's, it's awesome. And it's, it's a good like self motivator every day just to like, for you, same thing. Mm -hmm. It's the same equation, like to not fall back to that, like don't smoke that cigarette don't have that donut you know what i mean it just it just keeps that fire lit every day and just keeps you like elevating yourself every single day to keep driving that you know well once you have that willpower again you know it's like it's like what i found my biggest struggle with quitting was like i don't have like that why don't i have the willpower to just say no to this you know what i mean and just like turn away from it and then like like you feel kind of almost you know borderline undefeatable once you kind of get that back and you're like yeah i can say no to it or you know i can say oh yeah one and know that i'm not going to fall back into that pit ever again you know what i mean like i'm never going to end up buying packs a day ever again you know and it's like such a rewarding feeling to be like i have that power back like it doesn't have a hold of me it's not like it doesn't have its grasp on me anymore you know yes the the way the way you said that is perfect like having the power back Mm -hmm. that's the that's the best way to put it it's like you can be around food that's like not the best and be like, no, it's okay. I won't have that. And then not yeah. have it. You know what I mean? And like live by that or walk into a convenience store and not buy that pack of cigarettes when you're just buying gas, you know? Yeah. Um, that's, that's special, man. That's real. That's real superheroes in my book, man. Like that stuff, <laughs> you know, that's real stuff right there. Cause the other stuff, nothing else matters, man. Like that. If you can, live by like your little moral compass every day that's it yeah man. i can't agree with that more and honestly a lot of the stuff we've talked i'm just like absolutely love the just the conversation in general because yeah i just can't agree with it more and it just resonates you know what i mean like it really resonates 
Oh, for sure, man. That's it's cool to talk to other people like like minded and like have been through a journey just like yours because yours is the same thing. It's just a journey, you know, and it's it's cool to to be able to relate to somebody like other people like that outside of your immediate world, you know? Oh, for sure. That's something that is like kind of turning into being pretty special about doing this that I'm starting to realize. But well, I know, when, I'm, when... I'm I'm envious of you because you get to like <laughs> you get to like talk to so many people and like get that story and get that thing. That's, that's wild. I'm, I'm, I'm jealous of that. It's funny. Cause like, you remember when you're like, dude, I'm stoked. Like I've never been on a pod or whatever. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had a couple of people say that and I'm like, dude, I've never been on a podcast either. I just started one. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm on the other end. Right. So, I'm sure, I'm sure it's, it's just as surreal on your end as it is for us. You know, it's just, I told people like in my office, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be on a podcast. They're like, oh, like, what do you mean? Like, you're going to listen to one? And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I'm going to be on one. Like, they're interviewing me. And it's like, what? You know, it, it's cool. You know, it's a cool, it's a cool humble brag. I guess not humble brag at that point. But, but yeah, man. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize when I started, because what I, I just really wanted to share other people's, like, be, be a platform for other people. And as I realized that I started to create, like, a platform for other people it kind of worked hand in hand and yeah it, it, i didn't expect it to kind of snowball and it's not something massive or anything like that or anything but it's you know in the growth that it's taken is really kind of taking me back for sure and i know i've mentioned it before but yeah it's just i've always think like sometimes when i see people doing things like first responders and stuff like that it's like the ultimate life you can live is like in service of other people you know yeah um, yeah hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. And the more I start to like align with that, cause like personally I could never do you know, like a first responder or anything, but like the more I relate to trying to be of service to other people, the more I realize my life becomes easier as well. And people are almost like in that service back and it becomes like a handshake, you know, all over. Yep. Oh yeah. It's, and it's, and it keeps giving like each, you know what I mean? Each one mm-hmm. is, it's a different type of giving and it's, that's cool. It's like, it just keeps evolving at that point. Mm-hmm. But to go back to like what I, what I was really wondering with your story, like within your like weight loss journey and like that transformation and like the mental journey and everything there, at what point did you go from like, you know, the pit crew, like these things that I like to do in life and this, to, like all of a sudden bow hunting. Like, where did, like, the bow <laughs> come into the equation? Like, was it, like, midway? So, or, like, was it near the tail end? Or And then, like, did you decide, like, I'm, this is how I'm going to, like, celebrate my successes in life? Like, I'm going to Canada? <laughs> <laughs> no. So, ironically, um, I've only been shooting a bow. I figured out um, it's been, like, 13 months. I've, I picked up a bow probably like I said, maybe a little over a year ago now. I thought it was longer and then I did the math. Like I saw like a memory come up on my Facebook and it's a, just, I mean, maybe 13 months. Um, that's crazy. But yeah, and I, I thought it was longer and then I was like, oh man, it's only been that long. Um, but it, it, um, it was the connection between, because I was into, and I'm sure other people have this reason as well, but he's so influential and especially to me, Four, I should say four. Me, um, is Cam Haynes, dude. Like he mm-hmm. was such a big, he was such a big fitness influencer for me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that it just naturally transitioned to like, oh, he shoots bows. That's neat. Um, and that's kind of that's kind of how that happened. And like I've been around like bows and bow hunting, um, even when I lived in in the south, because like one of my buddies, Spencer, who um, I'm good friends with still, he was like the first person I was exposed to like that had bows and bow hunted and, and the whole thing. But, um, and that probably sparked the idea of like, Oh, that's neat. Like that looks hard. And I like things that are hard. Like, I don't like things. I don't like easy gratification. It just doesn't right. seem, it doesn't, it doesn't like fill my cup. You know what I mean? I'm like that, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. so it was like the Cam Haynes thing. And like, it's, I'm like I said, I'm sure a lot of people have that reason, but it's, it's cheesy, but like that dude, is such a like like a like a north star like person i really look up to in my life because it you know he just keeps doing the hard thing and just keeps doing it even if he doesn't win he keeps doing it you know and mm -hmm. and that was where that's where the the easy connection for me from the fitness thing to the bow hunting thing that that's when it happened and like one day like after i sold my house i had like you know I like i said i made money so i had like you know, the money to be like, all right, I'm going to do this. Cause like, you know, as much as I do, it's not, it can be cheap, but like, it also can be as expensive as you want to get into, you know? So I had the money yeah. and I just like walked into a bow shop one day and was like, you know what, I'm going to buy a bow. Like, I'm going to do this. And this is, I'm going to like, I'm going to really focus on this. And like, that's how it happened, man. I just walked in one day and like, I think I started reading, it was maybe one of his books or something. And I was like, yep, this is my next thing. Like, I don't do racing anymore. This is hard. I like this. Like, this is what we're going to do. And that's how it started. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you read Endure or did you like? Yeah. Probably yeah. later on down the road, I listened to it, like the audio book. And yeah. so it just like, it just rang even more true with me because I was already shooting the bow. And I was already like past all my surgeries. So I looked like how I look now. And like, it yeah, just man. was like, it just like dug my heels in more, you know? And yeah. um, so that's, yeah, that's how that happened. And then um, when I moved back to New York, I had to find a, like a place to like get, you know, like work done here on my bows and stuff. And just by chance, I like Googled bow shops near me one day, like at, on my lunch or something. And I was like, oh, I'll swing like this is like right down the road. I'll, I'll go check it out. And it's, um, you know, again, another famous plug and I don't care because these dudes take care of me. Like I'm family. Um, yeah, it's, it's a B and B archery in Middletown, New York. Um, and Paul and Amari and the guys over there are like top notch dudes, like beyond Botex are just top notch dudes. Um, and they, have become like super good friends for me. And like we do 3d shoots together on the weekends and, um, you know, um, I get coaching through them. Like I try to get at least like two lessons in a month just to like keep tuning. You know what I mean? Like, like mm -hmm. iron sharpens, like iron sharpens iron. And I really do believe that. And like, Paul is like so much better than me. And like, I feel like the rule of like being around people who are better at something, than you are and you're trying to get there makes you rise to to that level you know what i mean um, oh 100 percent. 100 agree with that 
know what I mean? And it just forces you to elevate your game, you know? And um, just being around those guys makes me a better person, better archer, the whole thing. So um, I started taking lessons probably like a month before I went to Canada. Um, and it, uh, it really helped me because like in Canada, like you don't realize, but in the moment you like the, the old saying, like, you don't, you don't rise to the occasion. You fall back to your, your like highest or your lowest level of like, uh, performance. You know what I mean? Like no one, no one really rises to the occasion. Like no one does that. Like, it's not like a Rocky movie. Like if that mm -hmm. happens, it's luck, it's luck, you know, but it's, you know, you fall back to like your, your lowest point of education or whatever. So when I was there, like the teachings that I learned and like little nuances that I was taught, like really came into it. Cause everything else I was self-taught by like YouTube education, you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, so I'm sure I had stupid little bad habits that I learned from dudes on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, but he like helped me like iron stuff out and, and really have the confidence to go to Canada and do this, you know? And that's, that's how that, that's how that happened. But they, I will, forever anyone anything like i have a huge sticker on my truck for their thing like anyone in my area that i'm like is even interested i'm like go there go there and you'll not be disappointed i promise you you know <laughs> um, yeah no it, it's it's awesome and i mean uh you know multiple bows later and and you know countless arrows and all that dude it's just it's just awesome and that's kind of what led me um on elk shape, like everyone knows elk shape in the archery community. Um, yeah. He had like a contest to win a uh, trip to the, to the outfitters that I went to in Canada and I didn't win. But then when um, the contest was over, uh, Brian from Twin Valley Outfitters, you know, um, contacted me and was like on Instagram and was like, Hey, um, you know, you didn't win, sorry, but like, you want more information on, you know, on our program and our everything. And, you know, would you potentially be interested in, you know, look at it? Absolutely. And, you know, me and me and Brian got talking and same thing. Like I'm, it's funny, like my girlfriend makes fun of me, but she's like, you, like everybody likes talking to you and wants like gravitates toward you. Like even if it's in the supermarket people just talk to you and I don't know what it is. And I'm like, I don't know either. Like, it's just, it's been my whole life that way. And like me and Brian are really good friends now. Like um, we chat probably like twice a week, you know what I mean? Just about everything about like going back next year, or, like the time we had then, or just like different, like just like him shooting boat, like whatever it is. So now we're like really good friends. And it's just like comical to me. Cause I'm like, it's my whole life's been that way that I just become friends with everybody. But, uh, yeah, that's how, you know, he reached out to me and I set up a thing. I was like, yeah, man, like, this is like, I can afford this and like, let's do it. And I have no idea what's going to happen. I've never been hunting. Like, I'm like, I'm not kidding. You. I've never even sat in a tree stand, you know, yeah. what I mean? like any, anything. And I'm going to fly to Canada, you know, 2200 miles away by myself. And, you know, go hunt bears in the middle of the Canadian wilderness. And Dude, that's like, what I did. What what a badass thing to do. What a just like, just to decide, <laughs> this is what I do now. I'm going to throw my bow on a plane and I'm going to the north to hunt a bear. Like, yeah, that's sick, man. That's so important. Dude, 
yeah, I was like, well, this is like, this is my personality trait now. And this is what I am. And this is what we're going to do. And like, that's just, you know, <laughs> um, but you know, they, I mean, listen, Brian, like Brian and Lisa, his wife and, and James, his son, or their son, excuse me. And, uh, it like, they treated me like such family and like, um, Lisa's parents were like, were there as well. And, um, it was just such a sick atmosphere. Like when you got there and, um, it was awesome. Like I, like, I can't wait to go back and like, I plan to go back next year and take some dudes from like B and B with me to go. And, um, it's, it's sick, dude. Like it was such a, like, I feel bad for anybody who didn't have an experience like that because that was my first experience. And it was like a, like an 11 out of 10, dude, an 11 out of 10. Like anybody, anybody who wants to go have fun in the Canadian wilderness, Twin Valley, look them up. Like Brian is an awesome, like, just like stand up, honest dude who like his soul, um, his soul, like object when you're there is for you to have the best time possible. And like, he puts you or like everybody else, not just me, but like everybody like Mm -hmm. on, like on the pedestal of like, this is the most important thing. Like you having a good time and you getting bears, like that is the number one goal. That's what we're going to do. Dude, it's so cool, man. Cause like, so for me personally, I've just like, I've been in contact, like just talking back and forth with Brian for honestly pretty close to when I started the podcast, like just, yeah. And like, I have never met him yet. And I don't even, yeah, we haven't even really talked on the phone yet or anything. It's just been straight messaging back and forth. And man, even just from talking to him about everything over at Twin Valley, like the things you're talking about, I can like, I can already see and, and and agree with completely. And it's like, I don't even probably know the dude nearly as much as you do already. And it's just like, man, he is even just through messaging, like so nice about the podcast. Like, you know, we talked about like the support of the podcast and stuff with Twin Valley. And then like, he just messages me and he's like, man, I'm going to put you up on our website. And like the podcast is like up on his website there too, with like on the Twin Valley website and everything. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. Like he just goes out of his way, like you say, to make sure like everyone's supporting each other and everyone's stoked and like everyone's having a good time. Like there's just like no BS. It's like he's just such a cool dude, man. And I haven't even met him yet. And I'm like, yeah, it's cool. Like he'd, he'd be someone to have on the pod, dude. Like he, like I said, is just like selfless is the word, man. Like we and like, he sat with me for the first couple sits because I've never done it. So he's like, Hey, just so you're comfortable. Like, so you know what's going on. Like, I'm going to give you some instruction, the whole thing. So me and him sat in the blinds together for a couple hours and like really chit chat and like really got deep with like, you know, I told him about my story and like, I learned about him and his family and like their family. Like, I mean, like I'm, and I mean, you've probably learned by now I'm a loud mouth New Yorker. Like I'm loud. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not like mean, like most New Yorkers are like, I'd like to think I'm pretty nice but I have a humongous personality. Like I'm very big energy. And um, I think that was a little bit of a shock in the, in the first like day or moments, you know, when I get to camp, but um, (laughs) they, they were nothing but rooting for me. And like, when I ended up getting my bear, it felt like we got the bear, you know what I mean? And like, that was so cool for me that it felt like we did it. Like, I know, like I was the one that fired the arrow, but like, like we, when we got it out and like, I'll get into the details and stuff, but like, 
me and Brian were there obviously in the, in the blind, but then like Lisa met us at like the, the opening of the, the trailhead into where the back of the blind was and she's jumping up and down and like <laughs> she, you know, she's super excited for me. And like, we get back to camp and their son James was super excited who when we ended up sitting in a blind together, like the next day for hours at a time. And, um, her parents who were like, they, you know, they were like the, like the camp, they, they did like the cooking for camp. They did everything. They made sure we had everything we ever needed and wanted there and like above and beyond to the point of like, can I help you guys do something? Cause like, I can't just sit here. Like my mom would kill me if she saw me <laughs> sitting here watching you guys do this. Like, let me, you know, and like they, I mean, treated you like you were, had like the same last names as them. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it was, it was amazing. And, um, and you know, like I had, I had no idea what to expect. Like I had no expect, not no expectation in a bad way, but I had nothing to compare to nothing to, to bounce off of or anything. And, yeah. um, you know, and nothing, nothing short of climactic for me, of course, cause this is how my life is. Um, I had a, I had a 6 a.m. wheels up in New Jersey. Cause that's just like the closest airport for me is New Jersey since I'm so close to the city. Um, right. and I mean, people are going to make fun of this and I know when they hear it on this, but it's, it's funny and it's part of the story. So I'm going to tell it. Um, I get to the airport and like, you know, I've got my, you know, I've, you know, the big bouquet, everything, like all my hunting gear, everything, my backpack, like yeah, I'm ready to go. My girlfriend drops me off. Like, all right, I love you. Please be safe. Don't get eaten by a bear. All right. I love you too. I'll see you later. Walk into the thing. When I went to camp, like I told you, I went to Quebec in high school. I had a passport card and I don't know, if they're not as like popular anymore, but I had one and I'm like, oh, and when we would go for NASCAR, we had a race in Canada at like the um, Canadian like tire park. I think the name's changed since, but I flew with this thing. I didn't have to bring my passport. So in my head, I said, sick, I have this thing. I don't have to carry my passport or worry about losing it or everything, whatever. I can just, it's another card in my wallet. I'm good to go. So it's again, it is four something in the morning because the plane is wheels up at six. It is like four o'clock in the morning. I walk up to the thing and I slap <laughs> those cards on the table, you know, on the thing. The lady's like, next. You know, everyone's serious at the airport. They're like, next. And I slap that down and the, the chick is like five foot nothing goes, what is that? And I go, <laughs> I said, that's my license and that's my passport card. And I said, and here's my ticket. And it was on my phone. She said, where's your passport? I said, right there. She said, no, no, where's your passport? I said, it's no, no, it's right there. And then my heart, my heart is racing, dude, racing. And I'm like, no, it's right there. It's the number is right there. It's the same number that's on my passport. She goes, you can't fly with that. I said, no, no, no. I said, you don't understand. I'm getting on that plane. <laughs> and, she, and she goes, no, 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 you're not. So I said, I need to, I need to talk to your supervisor. I said, you don't understand. Like I'm on the trip of a lifetime. No, the, the answer is not. No, there need, there has to be an option. So, um, but I live like an hour away from the city. So like in my head, I'm like, I cannot go back, get it, get back here and get on this flight. Like there's, it's impossible. So now I'm slightly panicking in my head, you know, and 
I thought the supervisor was going to come over and be like, all right, well, the number's the same. Like, we'll figure it out, you know? Then he said, no go, homie. You are not getting on. So I call my girlfriend and I'm like, you need to get back here now. Like, we are on, like, plan C. So we ended up having to race back to my, like, um, like my parents' house where, like, my passport was because I'm an idiot. But, like, my big part of the story is I didn't forget it. I just had a plan and it didn't work. Like, I want that to be so clear for people listening. That's like, so funny. I, I thought the card was going to work and I didn't leave my passport at home as an accident. So then as I'm driving home, I had to buy a one-way ticket to Canada and I get my passport. And luckily I'm texting Lisa, who I haven't even met yet, mind you. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. And remember, y'all are two hours behind me or like us. So it's like, two in the morning there and i'm like i'm so sorry like you know um i'm gonna be later than i thought because i was supposed to land at like noon i wasn't landing till like five o'clock your time you know what i mean so i'm like i'm so sorry so thank god she was like oh no problem like i'll just like change my day around i have to run into town anyway for camp but they ended up picking me up and we got you know we get driving and talking just like this pretty much and you know, I was like, I'm so shocked because out towards that way, like towards Edmonton, the roads going out to where we were, were so long and so straight. I was like, I've never seen this before. <laughs> like, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but oh, I could God. like, I could see so far. I'm like, this is, and they're like, where are you from? <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it was, so where did you... it was, I'm sorry. Oh, where did you land? In Edmonton. Okay, so you landed in Edmonton. Okay, so I'm like just east of Edmonton myself. I work in Edmonton like every day of my life. Okay, okay. So like, and it's a, it's an awesome town. Like, there's a lot of cool stuff. Like, they showed me like the oil history and like the whole yeah. thing. And I mean, you don't have to say that. It's it's a it's a hole, but <laughs> I'm just. Kidding. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it uh. You know, it was her and her son that picked me up. So, you know, we had like a two-hour drive into the woods, you know. So we did just like how me and you were doing, just kind of like BS about everything and anything. And they, you know, they got making fun of me how I say certain things because I've got like a mixture of like a New York accent, but I say y'all because I lived in the South for so long. You know what I mean? And, that's funny. And then, we're, you know, and then we got comparing words and all that, you know, and that's – we get to – and again, I had no expectation. And we roll up to camp. And it is everything that I wanted it to be and more, dude. Like, they were canvas tents, like, off fire roads in the middle of the woods, in the middle of Canada. Like, nothing was around us for, like, two-hour drive. And I was like, this is perfect. Like, I love this, you know? And Yeah, they got a beautiful camp. Like... Oh, it, it was, it was, like, what I envisioned with my eyes closed it would be. Like, I didn't want to be in like a lodge with like breakfast like dude we woke up every day like everybody you know you're all early risers as hunters because most of us are like in like the working class you know you you're used to that lifestyle so you know everybody in camp there was another um uh there was like another not outfitters but i guess technically um that was there as well um that was doing the bear hunt through his outfitters you know and uh they were all super nice guys and so it was a good camp. And then um, I got to meet Tim, who was previously on the Elk Shape um, YouTube channel. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with Tim yep. Connor. Yeah. Yep. So he, now that he's doing his own thing, 
went elk shape was in camp after us like the week after um but tim when since he split was in the camp with with me like the the same week as me um and it was cool to meet somebody like again like because i watch all their stuff you know what i mean and like that's who i learned from i learned from like tim and and the elk shape guys and um and cam and joe and like all those dudes and like so it's cool to meet somebody in person and be like holy shit like this is wild like we're in the same place you know and um uh, he's a super cool dude his dad was there with him and um just like like down to earth normal people and like you hope those people are like that you know what i mean when you see them online but you don't know you don't know until you meet them and and he was and you know um i you know i was um the only other archery dude in camp it was just me and him everyone else was um was gun hunting so um you know every day we mean we'd get up and me and tim would shoot our bows and he filmed some of it and it was it was cool for me because then i got to be like on his youtube channel you know what i mean and that was like a cool monumental moment for me like when i got home not only did i have this bear and everything but like i got to be like dude i'm on a youtube channel you know and like that's cool. Um, yeah, and then he brought me up with um with MFJJ on their podcast and like they got talking about me and like it was just cool cuz I'm like dude in my head I'm not special. Like I'm not I'm just a normal dude just trying really hard at stuff and like for people I look up to to like talk about me and like and that stuff that was like a really surreal moment for me and like a proud moment for myself, you know, and um that was that was cool to like share camp with him and his and his dad and and the other guys that were in camp too because they were all and like once they learned that I was like a first time hunter like it was cool that like I thought I was gonna get made fun of which I don't care like one or another like you could like bust my balls I don't I don't care but uh I was like it was cool that like everyone like like wanted me to get a bear like they were like dude that's sick good for you to come all this way and and uh yeah so like once we got hunting like the next day um and that was like my first sit in a blind ever and it was the like the coolest moment i remember sitting there just being like holy shit like we got here and this is real you know mm -hmm. so um but yeah that kind of led into the hunt and i actually got my bear the second day i was there i guess the first day hunting second day i was there um and Tim, Tim got a bear the same day as me as well. Um, he got his earlier in the day and I got mine, you know, later in the day. Um, but it was just like the whole, the whole atmosphere of the camp again. Like I've never been in that atmosphere before. Like I wish I could have like bottled that up and kept it. You know what I mean? Like the whole beyond bringing the bear home and the meat and all that. And like the cool, like the rug and the hide, like that, that feeling of just being around such like-minded people. Mm -hmm. um and like just that camaraderie you have for not only like enjoying ethically hunting animals for like not only just like the hide or the antlers or all that but like the meat and like enjoying that and like that was cool like that was something i wish i could like relive every day you know mm -hmm. yeah just once in a lifetime like you said like you say i'm on my way to a once in a lifetime trip here <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. When you <laughs> And she I, was I like work. back. She was like back in the line. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is like the most like daunting thing to hear at that time. Oh my god! It was, 
it was horrible, man. But I eventually got a flight, and it was it was fine. But like you know, I had a I had to book a one way ticket, which you know on that day, the same day, one way ticket wasn't cheap. But whatever, no. man. I was like, we're just gonna charge this one to the game and call it square, and we'll figure it out later. Like we just gotta get there, you know. Yeah, you're already you're already gone at that point. Like you've yeah, already 100%, left. Hundred percent, dude. But yeah, yeah. Um, that but yeah, I did- that was huh. Oh, I just wanted to mention quick too when you were talking about the the road thing when I asked you like when you when you land in Edmonton or where you were. It's funny because it's like like they call it the Big Sky Prairies here, right? Like because there's not really a lot around, so like when you're driving, you just see like tons of sky, and then you go down these roads, and it's it's funny to hear you talk about them as somebody that's like like that's your first time driving through them. Because, like, I've grown up my whole life driving down those roads. Like, anytime you went camping or went on vacation or whatever, you know, like, that's how you get out of town, right? And it's so funny to hear that because it's so true that, like, you go down this long, like, the QE2, any road out of the city or around Alberta, people will know you're going down this long road where you're maybe, if you're lucky, going down a hill and then going back up a hill and you crest that hill and what do you got? Another hill to go down and another one to go yep. back up. And this thing is never ending. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Dude, it's, that is spot on. And I just kept saying it. And Lisa was like, yeah, man, like that's just what it is, you know? Yeah. And it's like you said, they're from there, so it's not weird to them. But I'm like, this is wild. And we passed like a bison farm, which I was like, that's nuts, you know? And it was just... <laughs> It was just cool moments after cool moments, man. And like, um, you know, and, and, uh, the, um, the forest fires that are still kind of blowing smoke down towards here. were like, we're like just starting when I was there and, um, it, you know, it wasn't until, um, cause I landed Friday so like Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I think Tuesday we woke up or Monday, one of those days and the wind had shifted and that's when the smoke rolled in on us, you know, and uh, it started to come towards us then. Um, and obviously we know now it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And I think at the same time, John Dudley and I think Cam Haynes were up, they were a little bit north of where we were, but they, I think Dudley got evacuated from where he was because he could see the fires and I think they were like 20 miles north of us. If I'm not mistaken, I might have my direction wrong, but they were so close that like the smoke just rolled in and there was this like campfire scent for the rest of the time we were there, you know? Wow. Yeah, it was nuts. But again, it just added to it. Like I'm, that's horrible that happened, but it was just like part of the saga. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but it was so, sick. We uh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you go ahead. No, I, no, I was gonna, I was gonna let you go. So yeah, no, I was just gonna ask you another question, but it sounded like yeah, you're. Go f- no, go um, for it. Go for it. I just get rambling, man. I'd rather hear you hear uh, a question from you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool, man, and I appreciate. It. I love the detail, dude. Like, that's what I'm in it for personally. I just love hearing the detail, and it's really cool, honestly, hearing you talk about like Alberta in detail as somebody like from New York or just somebody from the States or something, you know, like kind of when I started the podcast as like Alberta wildlife stories, it wasn't like it didn't need to be people from Alberta, but anybody that's like been here and experienced it. And it's cool to hear you talk about it in that way. Like, but what I wanted to ask you is like, when you got here and like, you, so you had the drive in and, you know, and just like you were talking about, like how you're kind of 
shooting the shit back and forth with Lisa and then Brian and everyone when you got in, like when it came time to like go sit in the stand and you were sitting with Brian and everything and you were saying like, this is it. Like those moments leading up to like knocking an arrow and everything, like how did that feel with everything that you like, was did everything that you've been through kind of compound into like that moment or yeah and it, it was kind of like that's kind of where i made that connection between like racing and hunting like i'm like this all matters like we can't take this back like that mm-hmm. animal like if, if we spoke this or i miss or something like it's just like fitting like that's over like you can't ever get that back like that animal's probably gonna run away and probably not come back that day maybe it'll come back a different day but you know and um i remember we we sat he was like, Hey, we're going to do a morning sit just for the heck of it. Um, at this one, you know, this one bait site and we rolled in and he was, he was like tuning the bait up real quick. And I was getting the blind set up because we were, we were hunting in blinds. We weren't hunting at a tree stand. Um, and I remember he was like, he like whistled at me real quick to get my attention. And I remember I looked up and he went like, I could read his lips and he said, there's two, right there and what ended up happening was they must have been feeding and heard us come in and we kind of like blew them off the bait um but we probably sat there for maybe three hours four hours till like about lunchtime until it got like midday hot you know until they started probably bedding down anyway because that's how hot it was um but you could hear them like off in the distance like clacking their jaw you know like mm-hmm. one or two of them were in the area, just kind of like there, you could kind of hear them, you know, they never came back in though. Um, so that was, I mean, that first sit, like it was just ev- like sensory overload. Like, you know, you're looking at everything. You think everything's a bear, you know, everything. Cause they kind of just, <laughs> they're so, they're so quiet for being so big. And you're like, what was that? You know? And um, what ended up was we, we sat that afternoon together as well. So we went back out normal time with everybody else. Like we would all get suited up around like, like two ish, whatever, two, three o'clock and then go and sit from like, you know, three thirty, four o'clock till it got dark and last light, which I mean, you know, it's so it's, but it was surreal to me as well. Same thing. It didn't get like dark till like 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you could shoot something at 10 and still see, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. So we would come, they'd all come back around and get us at like, you know, 10, 10 30. And then, and that was it. But um, we start, we were sitting there, you know, and it's starting to get later and me and him were just kind of BSing back and forth, like real quiet. And it was funny. Cause it was like, I, I remember like, this is so slow yet so fast at the same time and i remember like i have a matthew so i have like the limb leg so it can sit in front of me like it doesn't have to lean it's just like in front of me Mm -hmm. and the arrows knocked and everything and i remember just like looking at it being like man i hope i get to like do this here like because it's you know it's hunting not killing so like there's no guarantee like yeah and that's no fault to anybody if that happens it's just like if that animal decides to knock them in that day like you're not getting anything you know so I remember like Brian like leans over to me and is like hey and he like whispers and he's like hey man like this is like a good like this is like that time you know what I mean like this is it you know and I remember like 
I like leaned back in and I said, yeah, like it's perfect. Like this is the perfect time. And I looked to my left and Brian, as a no joke, as I like look, Brian swats my leg and goes bear, bear, bear. And like whispers it to me. And as I turn back, the bait was like 20 yards ahead of us. And off like the edge of that was like a gully. And I could just see like two ears coming up over, you know, the gully. And then I like, you know, cause then again, first time. So like, I went to just grab my bow and he's like, slow, slow, slow. So I had to like chill out for a second. You know what I mean? Cause it is, it's like a pure adrenaline rush. So, um, I remember him being like, okay, like wait for your shot. Cause they start messing with the barrel and their shoulder starts manipulating and everything. And, um, that was my biggest thing. Like I didn't want to make a bad shot. Like I would beat myself up if I made a bad shot. Cause I know that's nobody's fault, but my own, you know? And mm-hmm. I practice so much and like put so much effort into it that I'm like, if you do that, you're doing it because you let like that, um, that excitement get to you. Like you're not, you're not staying true to like the level you're at, you know? And so, and I shoot at the time, I'm still shooting it, but I was strictly shooting a hinge. So like hunting with a hinge, you know, I know how people feel about that, but I'm like, I'm doing it. Like, I feel very comfortable with it. I'm going to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I remember I drew back and he like twirled around and it was like, he was hard quartering away. And Brian's like, no, 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 no. And I, in the video, you hear me like, go, do you want me to let down? And he goes, no, just wait, just wait. So I'm at full draw. And, you know, other people will be like, that's not that long, but it was like, probably like 20 to 30 seconds of me just at full draw holding the hinge. You know what I mean? And I remember him, like he turned or it was, it ended up being a sow, which I'm fine with. Like I wasn't after like the big trophy boar. I just wanted to get something like under my belt. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, just have that. I didn't want to kill like a cub obviously, but like a decent size, you know, bear, that's what we were after. So, you know, Brian told me the whole thing of like the, if it's above the one ring on the 55 gallon drum, like you're good to go. And it, you know, and it was, and she starts messing with it. And he says, all right, like now, you know, cause she's like broadside and I roll to the click and in the video, like as thing, you know, things like slow down in moments like that. I remember like, I hear the click and it sounded so loud to me. Like the click sounded like I'm like, the bear heard that for sure, you know, and it didn't like, there's no way. But I remember like, well, I like rolled to the click and it like, its shoulder came back and I had to hold again, like wait, you know, and finally it like pushed the barrel forward and I just squeezed through and like rolled my fingers. And I remember the shot going off and I have pink flinchings on my arrows and I watched them just disappear into like the middle of the middle. Like as you know, everybody says for bear hunting, middle of the middle, you know, and I watched him just drive into the middle, like not high, not low, like center shot money. You know what I mean? And I saw it happen and I still was like, was that a good shot? And he was like, in the video, he's like, he was, I saw it happen, but I just needed like the confirmation from him to be like, yes, that was great. You know, and he went perfect. And the bear takes off, you know, and then like it, and then it set in and like, we looked at each other and it was like a movie dude. Cause it was like, we just started screaming. And I know that's not what you're supposed to do. Cause like, you don't want to spook the animal even more, you know, the whole thing. But like, 
we were just like, bro, are you joking? Like, like, like high fiving and hugging each other. And I was like, dude, are you kidding me? You know, and it, <laughs> it was such like, it was such like pure emotion. Like, and he's getting it. Like he was as excited as like, that's what I was trying to like, trying to like, um, convey like they all were rooting for me to get this bear like no one cared if they didn't get a bear like I'm sure they did but like they were so hyped that it was like my first time this that that like we were screaming dude like just like bro like bro 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 like we got it you know and and we watched the video back and he's like that's money so like we like went into the bait site found the arrow like good blood you know the whole thing had we had like a trail leading out and he's like let's just back out we'll take the the blind down we'll call lisa because i know she's gonna want to be here and then we'll go track it real quick and i'm like okay i think it ran like like by looking at it there's a big down tree it probably like got to that and ran down the tree and it's probably that direction you know so so lisa gets there and we go into the bait site and we're at the tree and we're like all right this is last blood and lisa's like it's right there and it was like we thought it went left and went down the tree trunk and went like this total other direction. And little did we know it was like balled up like five feet from where we were standing. You know what I mean? Just like right there. And Great. that was the coolest moment for like, and not that, you know, none of us and like everyone in the industry says it like hunters care the most about animals because without taking care of it and like conservation, we wouldn't be able to do what we do, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, none of us are like, yeah, like, foot on the animal. Like, that's not who it is. But, like, being able to, like, put my hands on an animal that I ethically harvested through, like, all of that help and, and all that, like, that was, and I say it, like, beyond the weight loss thing, that is the proudest moment in my life of myself. Like, it all came together for that moment. Like, those moments of, like, picking the bear up and, like, holy shit, like, I like we did this like this is nuts and it wasn't like I it was we because like so many people went into that journey that it it felt like a team effort you know what I mean like it felt like we won the Super Bowl and (laughs) it was dude and it's not a gigantic bear like it's just an and Brian said he's like yeah man it's like an average like five and a half like maybe just under six foot bear like like you should be proud of that dude like that's like you came all the way from New York to do this like and you did it. And like, I remember like sitting there like next to it, just with like my hands on my knees, like just sitting there, just like, oh my God, like it didn't seem real, you know? And like, and then again, like joking or like, cause I'm again, like Cam Haynes is so big and like a motivation for me. I was like, man, I'm going to Cam Haynes this thing's out of here. I'm so hyped. And he was like, can you? And I went, I'm allowed to. And he was like, if you can get that on your shoulders, Cam Haynes this thing out of here and carry it. Like <laughs> from, 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 from like where we were, where it was to like where the side-by-side was like out on the road was probably like two to 300 yards. You know what I mean? Like it was a, it was a distance and like the bear all said and done, like fully, like the, the whole bear probably weighed like probably 200 pounds like maybe a little bit less like it wasn't like again like wasn't gigantic but like so i was like oh i'm cam haynes and this thing out of here are you joking with me right now like this is just like 
the cherry on the Sunday for the moment. Like if I'm going to yeah. do it, this is how I'm going to do it. And I did. And he got a, and it was great. Cause like, I didn't realize that picture, man. Yeah. Yeah. The, the picture, but then there's a video and I, if I find it, I'll send it to you. Or if Brian, ha- Brian has it for sure, but yeah. I have it and I'm walking with the bear on my shoulders and there's just blood pouring, you know? And it's like, I don't even care, dude. Like, I'm like, this is, the coolest moment of my life like this moment is the like this is it this is this is why we do this you know yeah. and i like just like the funny thought came into my head and i was walking and i was like yeah came haynes eat your heart out bro and he has that on video of me saying that and it just made it funnier when he sent it to me later and i didn't know about it until i heard it <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like I heard it in the video form and I was like pissing my pants at camp like later that night. That's but uh, cool. it was awesome, dude. And then, you know, like I said, like everyone back at camp was like Tim was filming and like that's where the YouTube came from. Tim was filming about his bear. And then I came in and I'd only met Tim at the at the time for like an hour because I got to camp so late and they were already out hunting so tim came back and i saw him for like an hour of the night because it was like 10 o'clock at night when i met him and then the next morning and then he just throws me into his youtube like you know he didn't have to do that is what i'm getting at like he could have just been like this is my bear and that's it and the whole thing and he like took the time to like interview me and like you know give me props and like all this stuff and like that meant a lot to me that he didn't have to do any of that you know and I ended up being like a good part of his YouTube video. And like, I was super, I messaged him privately and I was like, dude, thank you. Like, thank you for letting me be a part of that. Like that was wild, you know? And, um, I ended up having, um, you know, two bear tags. Um, I didn't get the second just because, you know, smoke rolled in from those fires and just, we didn't really see anything after that, but I didn't care. Like, we sat from dusk till dawn and you know you like kind of get to like relish and things you don't realize in your own brain when you're sitting in the stand like by yourself in the middle of the woods and um it was just that moment was so cool like the whole week um and just like the moments at camp like every day getting up and eating breakfast with those dudes and just bsing and telling stories just like this just like me and you were doing um just telling those stories back and forth to each other and and then like all suiting up and like i'm that dude that i'm like we're going to battle like this is for like we're going to war like this is what this is and like that's how i mentally prepare for things because i'm a weirdo but you know what i mean that's what i would tell myself and like all of us are suited up and then like all right man good luck we'll see you later and then you know we'd all come back and it'd be like 10 30 11 and they'd have cooked us this amazing dinner and we all get to like BS around the campfire again, you know, or not the camp. We couldn't have campfires, but the proverbial campfire, so to speak. And, um, and then go to bed and do it again the next day, you know, and it was, it was still kind of chilly at night up there. So like you're sleeping like under the stars in a hoodie, like in the cold, in a tent. And like, there is nothing I wanted to do more in that moment than that. You know what I mean? It was just like, everything was so perfect. Um, and to like cap it off, when we, we like deboned everything and quartered, like, you know, um, got my bear all prepped and skinned it out for the rug and everything. Um, Brian was like a surgeon with that. Like that was cool to watch him do that and like do it well. Um, 
I was like, Hey, we can, if we want to cook and eat some of this, like as a camp, like I would be honored to share that with everybody. Like my first ever harvest, you know? And mm -hmm. so we did like the, the next night we ate, um, one of the hindquarters from my bear, like the whole camp did. And we made like, like sloppy, not sloppy joes, but like pulled pork, but pulled bear, you know? And, um, that was a cool moment for me too. I'm like, everybody's eating off, you know, the bear that I shot and I'm super proud of that. Like, that's cool to me. Like, I don't know. It was just, it was just endless, like unforgettable moments that like we talked about before that, like you can't take away. And those are the moments you remember for the rest of your life, you know? No, absolutely, man. And but, even just like how remarkable it would be to, to share that with all those guys in that sense of feeling like, oh, I provided this meal, like coming out here, you know what I mean? And doing this like. Yeah. And not even in like a high horse, like this is mine. You know what I mean? No, like, no, no. Just, yeah. just, just like, uh, man, that's cool that I shot, like I shot that we harvested, we skinned it, we deboned it, we did the whole thing. And like, and now everybody's eating on that. Like that was yeah. a, like I was honored to be able to do that with those guys. Cause all those dudes, they were telling me stories of like these, you know, massive 10 points they've taken or this or that. And like all of them are way better, more experienced hunters than me. Um, so to be in that company again, kind of the same thing we went back to before, like iron sharpens iron. So like, I was just trying to be like a sponge dude, like anything yeah, they said, like just trying to absorb it. Um, and it was just so much fun, man. It was, you know, going, setting baits, going down to the lake, cleaning out, you know, just doing anything during the day until it was come time to go sit. And, um, you know, everybody like it, like, again, that family atmosphere, like you didn't feel like you were at a camp in the woods. You just felt like you were camping with your family and then going to get to go like do cool stuff at night. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it, it was like I would do it if they were like, we're doing this tomorrow. I would be like, I'm so in. It's not even funny. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. yeah. I, man, I feel like, thank you for sharing the detail of that enough. Cause it's like, you really just like put me there. Like just with the way you described <laughs> it. And I'm just sitting here. I'm like, dude, that is so freaking awesome, man. Like, no, I, I appreciate it, man. Like that. I'm glad, I'm glad it paints a picture enough to like have that feeling of like, that's what like to have the emotion come through of that because it i'll tell you i know most people will say like oh i don't for like you won't forget your first one and like i can tell you that i'm you know at my first harvest of any animal happened when i'm 30 years old like i can tell you that until like maybe i have like i until i get married or something like that because obviously that's a large moment in your life too different mm -hmm. different caliber maybe horizontally but like <laughs> two do you know what i mean to date that is like the most like time effort into something achieved thing that I've ever done in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And well, and it's like everything like, you know, even to bring the conversation back all the way to that point that like you got off that roller coaster, you know what I mean? Yep. It's like yep. from that point to the point that you're sitting there, you know, munching on some of the bear while you're, you guys are at camp. It's like, you took so much control of your life to put yourself in that situation. Like that's remarkable, man. And that's the, like, I feel like that's the reward of, like 
for the amount of countless stuff you put yourself through both mentally and physically and, you know, painfully through like surgeries and things like that to get to a point that like, yeah, look, that's just, man, I'm like, honestly, like speechless, like talking to you about this. And I feel like I'm just talking right now to fill the space because I'm like, that's so remarkable that you done that, man. Like, no, honestly, I appreciate you saying that, man, but that's, I, it's cool. Cause it's just, like I said before, man, I don't think I'm special. Like, I just think yeah. I'm another, you know, another person on this planet, but like for someone to hear my story and say that is like, it, I have like goosebumps right now that like, I'm honored for you to say that. And like, again, man, I'm just honored that someone wanted to hear it. You know what I mean? Cause it's yeah. just, I lived it. So like, it's like, it's special to me, but you know, you don't expect your story to be special to other people. You know what I mean? Like, um, it is like, cause it's so real, man. Like it's such a, it's, and I think these are like adversities and things like people face every day in their own way. And if they can relate to it in any way, like it's such a powerful story that like, even see, like you say, it's like, you're so humble and to be like, Oh yeah. Like I'm not, I just did what I wanted to do in my life and took charge and did what I felt like I needed to take care of and took care of the things I needed to or whatever. But man, like for me to hear that and to be able to like, like, I just feel so, I don't know, like lucky to be able to kind of, capture it through recording and share it and then just go yell at people and be like man you need to listen to this because this is remarkable and it's just like even people that don't hunt or anything like just will still hear like that real raw story and like of like transformation in life and it's like i don't know man like that's why i feel like there's so much power in like hearing these stories or sharing like hunting stories or whatever because a lot of times it's it's so far from just like, yeah, I brought a bow or a rifle into the woods and killed an animal to eat it. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, your oh, life absolutely. like a 180 shift to end up in that point, you know? Like, oh, no. I mean, I'm, I'm super honored for you to say that, man. That's, that means a lot for, for you to say that about like about my life. And um, to your point, like you could trace that back to the roller coaster. Like you could trace from yeah. the bear in a very roundabout way from the bear to the roller coaster and those it is a it one cause the other you know what i'm saying and it um and like i said i'm i'm so glad everything happened the way it did because it led me to that and that moment and um and i'm still you know i'm, I'm planning another i'm planning to go back there with with brian and um Dude. with ne you know next year and take you know some of the guys from bnb are going to go with me and um, i'm going I'm going to sneak you know, this in right now and say, I fucking, I will got to watch. I don't know how much swearing I'm doing on my own pocket, but I got to, I hope I'll catch you there, man. Cause the, there's dude, kind of a plan in the same way that I'm trying to get out there too. And I don't know if it would cross over the same weeks at all, but. That would be sick if it did. And I hope we do, but yeah, that, it, you know, that, that would be wild if we could do that. I know. Brian will be listening to this and I know him and I have been already kind of talking about dates and back and forth because we were talking about maybe doing some pods there and stuff like during and yeah it's kind of I don't know how much I'm allowed to go into talking about <laughs> what the plans are for that but yeah yeah and I, and I know like hey Brian when you listen to this I know we're all messaging and you guys like even if it's an overlapping date man where we can high by each other. It'd be freaking something real cool, man, to, to meet you oh, in person and take your hand out there. I'd be honored to do that, dude. Dude, but. like, like, likewise, brother, likewise, I would stay 
I would stay a couple extra or come early, whatever it took, man. That would that would be that'd be wild. Yeah, yeah, man. That 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 uh, yeah. I hope it happens, man. But that's it's just like the the tip of the iceberg for me, man. Because I like now it's just like you know it's just like it's a deep dive. I wanna, you know, obviously like a lot of because I listened to a lot of your podcasts like before I came on here to like you know just try to like learn about you and learn about the stories everybody was telling and you know obviously like in today's day and age of hunting like the elk you know the bull elk is like the golden ticket of you know of of things to harvest in north america as big game and you know i'd love to do that one day but it's you know it's hard as a non-resident you know in other states because there's no elk in new york and you have to go out west to do it and draw in those tags is either super expensive or or like five years but you know um i'm gonna figure out a way to do it one day and like i want to go antelope hunting one day and um, but it's funny. Cause like now that I did the bear thing, like that's become my goal. Like, I'm like, yeah, you know, like elk are cool, but like now I'm hooked on like, and now I listen to like the gritty podcast and they do a lot of bear stuff and yeah. they talk about, they talk about like bear hunting specifically. And, um, there's, um, come, come like our seasons here in New York, black bear are such a problem that you get a black bear tag when you sign up for your archery. Like if you do archery hunting in New York, oh, wow. you get, yeah, you get a black bear tag. Cause there's so many around here. And like, we, like I live out in like a more rural area of New York. So it's very like no light pollution, no nothing. And one morning, like the trash was all beat up outside and I'm like, Oh man, the raccoons got in it. And then my girlfriend sends me a photo like later on and was like, Hey, uh, I don't think this was a raccoon and it was like a takeout container, like one of the aluminum foil ones. And you could see like clear as day, like a nose imprint and like two big canines through it, you know? And um, yeah, I'm like, Oh man. And then like not three weeks later, we're outside with the dogs running around and her face just goes like white. And she's like, she couldn't get the words turn around fast enough out of her mouth. And I turn around. And I, I just got done shooting my bow in my yard, which is the most ironic thing. And I turn around and this big old black boar is just walking across the yard, not 50 yards from us, going across our yard, across the road into our neighbor's yard. And he's just, you know, you could tell he's, I mean, he's big and he's like well-known around the area. Cause like he roams like this whole like tri-county area, I guess. And I mean, he's, you know, he's massive for a black bear and you could tell he's old. He's got the scars on his face and everything. And I was like, homie, do not come around here in September or you are going to be on my wall. You know what I mean? I'm like, I I dare you, my man. You know, that's the worst part about like the season, man, is seeing stuff out of season because I'm the same way where I'll see like moose out of season in in my area. And I'm just like, nice to see you around. Yeah, you're like, homie, you're going to be on the wall real fast, (laughs) you know, and it was, and the best part was he was between where my, like me, where I shoot normally, like I I just shoot like 40 yards most days, because that's where like my driveway to the end of my, like the property is, so it's just an easy 40 to do like without, you know, and he was at like, you know, he was like at that line, I'm like, I just shot that, like I just shot that distance, you know. That's three hilarious. times you know and he just looked at me and like didn't care and just kept it moving i'm like oh homie oh i will see you again <laughs> you know and 
this is funny, but that's, I so think, I, yeah, I think I'm just gonna like really buckle down. I think I really enjoy like the bear hunting thing and, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try to do the other things, but that's like an achievable, like, like for lack of a better term, like working man's like achievable thing. You can get a bear tag in New York. No problem. You could probably buy a second one. I have to look, I have to like really look up the details, but like, yeah. and there's so, there's so many and like they're gigantic up here. I mean, for they're not grizzly bears, but you know what I mean? They're, they're big and it's a, it's obtainable. You know what I mean? And that's what I like, you know? Um, so that's my plan, man. Just, just buckle down and just, it's, we're starting to get the, I had like my 3d set up for a while and I'm going to make the switch back over to my hunting setup again with like my hunting arrows and everything and getting that dialed and just getting reps under my belt with that. And, and just this, this will be my first season hunting in my home state so mm -hmm. you know that's that's my plan man that's the that's the goal yeah man well i'm i'm glad you went out on a limb and did your first ever experience over in our home province and i'm glad it like put out for you what what like the wildest you could have expected it you know what i mean because that's how it can get here for sure it gets pretty nuts but Oh, dude, it was, I'm so glad I did too, because I, I wouldn't have wanted it like any other way. It met and exceeded every one of my expectations to the point of, I'm like, nothing's ever going to be that great again. You know what I mean? It will, well, but like. Well, now you're going like, to set the bar, right? Like now the bar is like, okay, well, what's higher now, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and like, now I'm like, well, now I want something like, it sounds like funny, but like now I want like a color phase bear. Like, then you just have to do that. You have to be like, oh, okay. I want a big boar. Like now I'm going to set a little bit more filters on mm -hmm. myself now. Cause like that one was just like, okay, it's a, it's of average size. It's, it's going to go home with me. But now like the next time, Oh, it's a little bit small. I'm going to wait for the boar. I'm going to wait for a color face bear. I'm going to wait for something, you know, and then, and then just keep doing that, man. And just, I definitely will be back though. 110% I'll be back. And Brian, like yeah. I talked to, like I said, I talk with Brian, like, every week and like and that yeah. was cool to connect that was cool to connect paul from bnb to brian you know twin valley because now they're talking and like they're both so influential in my life to like teaching me and like helping me on my first kill that it was only natural for them to like meet and eventually like you know go on a hunt together and i'm so glad i could be a part of that for both of them and like yeah i'm so grateful i'm so grateful to have both of those like companies and entities and people in my life because it it changed my life you know what i mean in a in a way so that's remarkable man and it's it's funny too because like i was same thing when i told you like talking about brian and obviously he was the one that like got us in touch and like put me on your story and everything and whatever when telling me about you and it was funny because the last few weeks he'd be messaging me and he'd be like when's nick like when's nick like when is he? And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, you know, because things got a little hectic here in July. And then I was like, yeah, he's coming up like in July. And he's like, right on, man. He's like, I'm stoked. I'm stoked. I'm like, dude, I'm freaking stoked. And then like, <laughs> it's funny because I messaged him actually like right before talking to you. I'm like, I'm going to go talk to Nick right now. He's like, hell yeah. He's like all stoked and everything. And then, he's like, when's it going to air? <laughs> like now it's like, yeah, dude. He's, <laughs> he's like, when is that? God damn it. Like, it's yeah, so dude, right at the, he right before we started, he messaged me. He was like, dude, have fun. Good luck, bro. That's like, so it was, funny. It was, I love it, dude. I was like, absolutely. Like, I'm 
he is like such like that whole family is such a like I can't I can't recommend it enough and I mean they treated me like more like family than they ever had to and um though like that's that became like a forever friendship you know what I mean like that like I, I you know what I mean I know I will hunt with them more in my life on other things on other species um like I know that is a lifelong friendship I just made with Brian and his family because of the bond that we created through not only you know harvesting animals but like the above and beyond nature that they went for me that that rings true like that's a big thing in my book you know what I mean so um Mm -hmm. you know it I only see you know more further adventures with that going going forward and I'm like I just can't it's so the worst part of it is is waiting for those things to happen that's the worst part of it you know what I'm saying like oh man we got to space you know space them out and get the time and the money and you know the whole thing but um if that's the worst part then then life ain't too bad you know what I mean if just trying to find the time to go do those Mm -hmm. fun things is is the hardest part then I can't complain at all dude yeah well, for sure, but it's the same thing. Like when you say you're just watching that bear, it's like the toughest thing is waiting for that season. And yeah, just like, but and yeah, like you say, can't complain. But it's, and there's always going to be new goals, right? Like you said, like even when you mentioned like, oh, the elk is like the golden ticket. It's like, yeah, but once you get an elk, man, it's like, but did you get like, you know, a pope and young deer in velvet, or did you get like a, did you pull your yeah. get on a on a ram, or you know, like have you got the sheep bug? Like, are you, there's like always so there's. Just when you've like accomplished the one goal, you can do you can set something else, right? Like it's it's never ending. Yep. And it's, it's Dude, you, you can. I just learned like about red stag in New Zealand, and like yeah, man, you're like that's I'm gonna do that one day. You know what I mean? And just like you said, you can just take it and just keep going. And you do the one, and you're like, oh, look over here, look over here, and it just which yeah. is great because that makes it so, um, not. Uh, for I mean, for use of a small word, like it's not dull. You're just like this is, this is wild. Where like this this um, hobby, because that's really what it is, can take you. You know what I mean? It's just like from New Zealand to Canada and like everywhere in between. That's yeah. I'm so I'm so glad I walked into that bow shop that day mm. and said and said this is what I'm gonna do because it changed my life forever. Man, yeah, that's, yeah, it's so amazing to think that, too. Like, had you not made those decisions or whatever, too. And it's, like, there's not many things to me, like, same thing in society or anything that are like that. But, like, like you mentioned previously, like, earlier, like, um, you know, you're not after that quick reward or, you know, you want things that you really put your time and your energy into to get that reward out of or that instant gratification or anything you don't want things like that or just doesn't sit like instant gratification you know goes away just as fast as you get it right like yeah but the thing with like with hunting if it's depending on the location or the season like it can keep you busy your whole life to try to do the accomplishments you want to get and all the rewards you can get from it and it's pretty remarkable that there's not really you know a lot a lot of things like you know a lot of goals are pretty attainable within a few years or within a few months or sometimes within a few minutes or within, you know, like there's not many things that can keep you that drawn to it. And that just 
I don't know if obsessed is the right word, but that just like involved yeah. for literally your oh, whole I, life. Whether whether you get into it at 30 or 13 or 60, like people get into it at all ages. And once you once it sticks with you like that, like you just you no. you can't put it down. Like you, you could, but it's like, you know, there's always something there. Want, you why would you want it? That's the funny thing. Like, yeah. Why why would you want to put it down, man? That's and obsessed is the word, and it's it's in a good way because it's yeah. it's a healthy. If you do it right, and most ninety nine percent of the people you know do, mm-hmm. it's a healthy, ethical, hobby. That, you know, teaches young kids you know lessons, teaches old people lessons, teaches you know people my age lessons, that can translate to life, and it's uh, you can't teach that in a classroom. You know what I mean? You can't teach that. I don't know. It's just, I'm so glad it, it, it got me. I'm so glad the obsession got me because it has led me to places and will lead me to places that I could have only dreamed of. And it's, it's reality. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's yeah, man. That's, it's, it's wild to like hear the story out loud, like the whole thing from like soup to nuts, but like, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. You know, I'm, man. I'm honestly stoked to like listen back to it. And I don't like, I don't, you know, it's one of those things like to go over it and just hear it. Like it's such a remarkable thing, dude. And I, I appreciate that, man. I, I truly do. Like that means a lot to, to hear that. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely, like, I mean it, dude. It's not like just the sake of just saying it because it's a pot like, dude. Yeah. Like that's a, it's no joke the things you've been through in life and it's yeah an incredible thing and i just there's so, you're so well spoken for like being like oh i'm rambling and stuff it's like yeah but man you're very like you can tell a story in a really good way <laughs> like and it, it's not it's not rambling to me at that point you know what i mean at that point it's like it's detailed and like i'm just like yeah i'm still just like taking it all in dude i'm like man <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Oh, for sure. But no, it's, and even just something like, man, there's like beyond, like, there's like, that's why I want to re-listen to it again. Cause there's a few sentences that slipped out of your mouth, man, that are absolute words to live by. Like, they're not just like, take it easy sentences. Like, yeah, we were out here and had fun. Like there's some really monumental golden lines you threw out there that just really are impactful. But like just, even impact me thinking about, you know, the future and how to live life and how to be the best version of ourselves and stuff. It's, it's crazy. No, that, that, yeah. that, like that means a lot. Cause it like, and it's, it's real. Cause it's, it's just like how I live or just what I, just how I want myself to live. You know what I'm saying? So if it, if it comes off like that, that means even more, you know? Mm-hmm. No, it's so, very, very genuine. Dude. Like it's, it's not no, sugar coated. It's not egotistical. It's not, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's very real. But no, I appreciate that, man. Cause it's, and that's what, that's what I hate. Cause like when I, when I say stuff like that, like it's real, like I'm, I, I truly believe those things that I say, but like, I don't want it to come off that way. And that's my, my fear when I tell those things and like say certain things that it, it'll come off a certain way, you know? Well, I feel the same way and I can relate to that too. Cause it's like, I, I'm very, same way passionate about when you go to like tell a story that like sometimes i feel as if though uh you know it's like oh i'm bragging about it all and it's like 
it's like no it's not like you're bragging at all dude it's like you're talking about something that shaped who you are like it's such a monumental thing in your life that yeah, you need to share it and and get excited about it and relive that stoke because that really ignites that fire in other people and people hear that and they're like you know hell yeah like nick went out and did that and made that for himself like i'm gonna go do that the same way that like you know campaigns or any of those people like instilled that in you or like gave you that extra fire to be like hell yeah what am i doing sitting here you know what i mean like yeah and like if i dude if that if this story does that for one person dude yeah that would be enough for me to hang my hat on for my life you know what i mean like that if if that story and like that's not why i tell the story like that's just it's like you said it's just my story but like for you mm-hmm. to say like those things about like the golden line or however you, I forgot how you worded it, but like the, the lines that come out and like, I don't want them to sound like douchey for lack of a better word or anything like that. But like, <laughs> I want them to have like weight behind them when someone hears something to like, be like, holy smokes, you know what I mean? And like, if I, if, I mean, I'm like I said, I'm normal. Those dudes like Cam Haynes and those dudes, those guys are like rock stars to me. So like, mm-hmm. if my story can do what those dudes did for me, for some, or even one person, dude, and if I, and I don't need to find out about it, but like, if I ever did, that would be more proud for me than the, like, than getting that bear. You know what I mean? That would be yeah. something, cause that's, that's something you could like really hang your hat on in life. Like that's real, that's real world stuff, you know? Not that the bear isn't, but like, mm-hmm. if someone changed their life cause they heard my story, like yeah. holy shit like that's that's something man like that's something you could tell your kids about you know what i mean and like oh for I sure dude. i don't i don't know but just the just that you gave me the opportunity to be on a platform to tell it man i am endlessly grateful i'd like i'm just stoked to yeah be able to to provide that and to just put it out into the world for people to hear and like this is to me like a hundred percent what it's about. Like, this is what I want it to be about is like, you know, how did your experience in the wilderness, like shape who you are in life. And, you know, because there's so much of a deeper connotation there that, you know, sometimes TV shows and stuff like doesn't get into a lot. And, you know, it's, and it's, there's a lot of really great content out there and you can get the picture from a lot of really good content. I'm not trying to, knock anything that way but it's like you know that's i think the biggest thing that took me back when getting into it i was like man there is a lot of emotion behind these things and a lot of like a lot of life packed into why people are out there doing this it's not just people out there doing it for the fun to enjoy the nature to get out outside their house and be outside on a nice day you know what i mean there's a lot more that goes behind these these events right and you like the hearing you talk about this stuff like it changed me in the moment of like this gives like it gives me tons of like motivation and drive to be like dude like get out there and, and get it absolutely you know yeah um, man i appreciate that man no well, for sure truly dude. no i truly do thank you yeah thank you for I, giving me like the opportunity like that's weird. it's it's cool to be able to have that you know that's it's like again it's just as surreal as like the bear like yeah who knew who knew someone would want to hear my story like i know my story i did it you know but i don't think it's cool or i don't think it's special but like for someone yeah. else too like that's that's awesome man like that's oh, I, remember I, when... I truly i'm endlessly endlessly appreciative of that yeah no for sure and i just i remember when like dude i 
you know, when Brian turned me on to the story and he like kind of gave me, he gave me probably like a three sentence, four sentence idea of what, what happened or what your story was. And I was like, Oh dude, this is, this is incredible. And then when you and I got to talking a bit, I was like, Oh my God. So it's like, before we even talked, I was already like, this is going to be a, an amazing story, you know? And so it's like, yeah, it's funny to like talk about it now and for you to be like, Oh, it's a good, like the platform to put it out there and everything. And I was like, man, I would like, even if I didn't have a podcast, I'd be like, dude, we should record this and put it out. <laughs> Just put it out there, dude. Yeah, I, agree. I mean, that's yeah. yeah. Who knows, man, who knows what'll come yeah. of it. But if it, if it helps yeah. one person, man, just get up and change something, then that would be, that'd be good enough for me. You know what I mean? That's yeah. so, but I appreciate it, brother. Thank you. Oh, dude. No, and thank you for coming on and sharing it. And you know, it's a vulnerable thing. It's a lot of personal things in your life. It's a lot of personal stuff that not a lot of people will open up and just share willy nilly to someone on the other side of the you know continent or whatever. Right. So mm-hmm. I appreciate you yeah, being real and sharing it all with me and talking to me about all that stuff tonight too. It's like, yeah, really absolutely. It. No, but, absolutely, uh, man. And I don't know. So what's it sitting? It's almost uh, one o'clock in the morning for you over there. Or what? Are you... uh, it's it's one uh, thirty. It's one thirty. Oh, I'm doing yeah. my math wrong, dude. I'm thinking it's twelve. <laughs> Holy smokes! I'm but no, good. man. It's all good, man. You know, as for what the future holds, like I wish you the best and absolutely everything that you do for future endeavors. I honestly, man, like this camp, like I want to talk to you again and like you Hell know, yeah. if, Hell you hit yeah. that bell up on your own. Sure you hit that big bear on your, your own property. Like I want to have you on again and hear that story. Like, you know, I'd love to dude, catch you. Sure. Can send, hopefully I'll, I'll, send uh, you, I'll send you a photo of it if I do. And then if we got to meet oh. up in Canada, we'll make that happen. Yeah, man. If we can do it at twin Valley there with Brian, like that would be remarkable. Be. Yeah. But, uh, for sure, dude. Regardless of everything, yeah, hope to talk to you again on the pod and hear some more stories from future successes because this is, yeah, like you say, only the beginning for you, man. And I'm just stoked for you. So, dude, absolutely, I can't. I listen. I will make it happen because there has this can't be the last one for sure, dude. We'll we'll do it again. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. And honestly, again, Nick, yeah, thank you so much for your time, dude. And yeah, I just hope you have a really good night there. And uh, yeah, we'll be in touch for sure, dude. Yeah, yeah, man. Likewise, I like I said, I'm endlessly grateful for the opportunity. Oh, and it's a mutual. Like I'm endlessly grateful for you coming on and sharing it, dude. That's too good. Hey, thank you. I appreciate, it, man. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you take care. You get some sleep, man. And uh, yeah, you have a good night. <laughs> All right. Hell yeah, man. I can't wait to hear it, brother. Oh, same. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Okay. Bye. All right. All right. Bye.